What's up, listeners? Welcome back to Predator vs. Movies. I'm Alex. I'm Peter. I'm Aiden. And this is a podcast where we discuss and review the latest movies uh, releases. We're going to start off with a non-spoiler review before diving into a deeper discussion of the film. Then we're going to ask the most important question, would this movie be better if the alien from Predator was in it? This week, we're going to be reviewing The Fableman, Spielberg's latest film, with our special guest, Ryan. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? Oh, he did the thing! There you go. (laughs) uh, this yeah, this is our second week with uh, Ryan. Uh, Peter wanted to uh, have a bromance or something, and so he's back. Uh, but first on? off, we're gonna start with uh, our news segment. So uh, Spotify Wrapped came out, and as a creator on Spotify, we got some information about our podcast. So apparently, we are in the top five podcasts for eight people. Let's go! Let's go! Thanks to those eight. And we're in the, likely uh, all family and friends. <laughs> probably. And we are in the top. Now, looking at this, this doesn't make sense. So I'm actually just going to double check. But it says for our top 10, it's also eight people. And I'm starting to doubt that I wrote that correctly. <laughs> so, okay, wait. Um, let's let's uh, verify. Maybe oh, okay. Yeah, so that was right. So everything okay. I said before was right. So we're in the top so- five for eight people. But we're in the top ten podcasts for ten people. Nice. I don't know if that is there overlap there. Like, are the ten, the eight, that and that means two there are more? two that are between six to ten. Okay. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so that's cool. Thanks for listening, you guys. Keep uh, keep doing that. Um, and then also, what was interesting is apparently we've released uh, one thousand seven hundred and seventy three minutes of new content in the year. Only half a year for us, and that is apparently eighty-five percent more than other creators in the film and TV category. <laughs> uh, a big factor is how long our episodes get. So I mean, yeah, uh, and that was again only in half a year. So uh, next year is going to be interesting for Spotify Wrapped. Anyways, uh, IndieWire dropped their top twenty-five movies of the year, which is interesting, sure. seeing as the year's yet to be over. But maybe they've seen all of them. And uh, there were some interesting things. So I'm going to pull it up on my phone, but I did have some notes. So first off, um, the top five is very interesting, mostly because mine is eerily similar is what I said. So um, if I can fucking find it, uh, their top five, I believe, was um, After Sun, Tar, Everything, maybe. Yeah. And then Banshees and then then Decision. Right. Yeah, so that's that's very interesting because my uh, top five was After Sun, Tar, which is so yeah. far the same order. Then I put Decision before Everything Everywhere. I did not include Banshees. And then Batman made it to my top five. <sighs> okay, dude. First of all, what the fuck is Batman doing there? Like, come on, man. <laughs> Batman's not top five. I know it's, you yeah, don't like Banshees, even... but like still, come on, man. Batman is not top five. <laughs> it's actually not even on that list. It's not on their top 25. Yeah. I... This makes sense. I like it. I like the Batman quite a bit. It was good. It was good. But not, not that perfect. good. Dude, I think it's sick. Well, like, I, it's not perfect, but like it's it's so fun. And Dude, the third act is so bad. It's so refreshing. <laughs> 
It's such a sure. I, I agree with all of these like, points, by the way. Like, I enjoy the aesthetic the and the third plot. act is not like people say that, but it's like the third it's act not is bad. fine. It's Dude, not like, right? it's so disjointed, people, man. People will say that and then defend like DC plot structures. So like, no, I, no, no, absolutely <laughs> not. I don't. I, well, I'm I not saying DC, that. But I mean, like, because DC. like, I'm just saying, like, in my opinion, third act feels very disjointed, especially sure. towards the end. I have to be honest. I did not feel that way. I've seen it. I've seen it once, but like I did not find it to be disjointed. I think it there was like one or two things that I didn't like about it, but I felt like it was a the right way to wrap up that movie. Um, but yeah, like the I mean, just like the direction and the aesthetic of like a gothic. Gotham oh yeah, movie. absolutely. From the, I from the that. first scene, like the first scene in that movie, I was like, Whoa. yeah. Ooh, like, it's so, <laughs> it's so yeah. fun like that shot yeah. where it hangs on the it's so good yeah yeah uh but uh ryan i know you would you put uh banshees where it lies i would put it it's my number one of okay of it's not bad <laughs> number it's my number one. it's okay no. I, it's 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 a 10 out of 10 for me like i don't give 10 out of 10s often but it's a 10 out of 10 for me i've seen it twice in the theaters i fucking adore it Okay, like, Ryan, Ryan. Yeah. Now, unlike unlike this individual sitting in front of us named Alex, I adore the movie as well. I'm not sitting well. in front of you. I, uh, well, I'm in my screen, I guess. I want to hear I want to hear your reason for putting it at number one. Because I like the movie too, but I don't think it's like that good. Like number one good, you know what I mean? I mean, to me, it's flawless for my personal taste. I, um, like, I just adore everything about it. Like the characters are fucking perfect um the story is great it's very simple but it's very diver- like deep and diverse um it's just the way it looks is very beautifully shot and choreographed um and it's so fucking funny but it's yeah. so depressing like i fucking love it i know alex is fucking fuming but i like i just really adored it you know it's i i i can understand i can understand why people don't like it and I wouldn't recommend it to everybody, but for my personal taste, I just fucking fell in love with it from the moment it like almost started. Yeah, it was, honestly, it was great. I agree with all your points. It's just I'm wondering what's like the X factor that took it, you know, over the top for you. Because I gave it a four or a four out of five, a four and a half. So like it's close to that five out of five, but it's not like there yet. My X factor. Yeah, I think everyone's X factor I don't know. is just. I think it's Something it's an undefinable. Yeah, I yeah. can't really describe exactly why it was a ten, um, rather than like a nine instead. I think it's just after like rewatching it, if I still feel the same way, it's usually it goes to that ten mark. Um, yeah. yeah, like I, I just can't like I from my first watch, I went in completely blind. But in my second watch, I try to criticize it and see what I didn't like about it, and there was nothing I didn't like about it. So. That's, That's why I yeah. gave it a ten. Yeah, I, I like the movie too. Yeah. Yeah. So another interesting thing about the uh, the list is that uh, after Yang makes it to top ten, which is that movie stood out for me just because like I think that movie was really good, and a lot of people just haven't gotten around to that one yet. So yeah, I think I that it. no. it's a testament to how good that movie is. Um, is it another A twenty four movie? Yeah. Yes. After. Yes, it is, and okay. it's um. I think the director's name is. Koganada, and he's done yeah. only one other film called Columbus, I think. And yeah. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, they're yeah. 
They're both like very acclaimed movies. Um, yeah. Also interesting is that Jackass Forever is number 21. Yeah. Right? Yeah. A movie also, I was not also, going also, to see, but now I am. Yeah. Top also Gun is number seven. Yeah. So like Top Gun yep. ranked very high too. Also interesting is that been... Triangle is on the list. Triangle's I, good. Okay, I, I don't want to chat all the hate, man. Like, Triangle's good. Don't. don't. And it's only number. It's only number twenty-five. Like they didn't give it the. Yeah, no, award, I don't. Like, I'm not actually upset about it. Like, I'm but it, it wouldn't be on mine. It wouldn't be on mine. But yeah, we I, get I, it. I <laughs> top twenty-five though. It would have been on your top twenty-five for sure. I don't know. There's not that many good movies. I guess I probably didn't see that many movies like enough to warrant it. But just if I'm, if I was ever putting together a list of my favorite movies this year, it would never make it. Yeah. Honestly though, I'll say that. (laughs) One thing I would say about this list, it definitely made me want to see decision to leave like a lot more now. Yeah. Like beforehand, it's just like, it's it's a fun thriller. It's really great. But now it's like, it's top five. Well, gotta watch it. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's Um, number eight for yes, me yeah. oh for you for you for um, me it's like number eight yeah my, i don't understand I fire I- island though third yeah that's fair fire island be- making on the list is f- i i didn't like that movie that much i really it. wanted to like it but it was just kind of nah, i just didn't really give a shit um sure. and funny um, pages was it. just fucking crude well i i kind of wanted know. to see that one actually um glass yeah. onion is number 15 RRR is yeah. number 11. I think what's interesting, though, is Peter mentioned Top Gun is number 7, which beats out <laughs> Nope at number 8. I well, I guess, like, it that. might just be, like, the cinematic achievement of Top Gun instead of, like, that being a good movie, you know? It's, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I but think Nope is also, cool. like, yeah. nope people give them very high scores on Letterboxd, too. Like, it's an averaging, it's averaging 4.1 right now on Letterboxd. Nope is also... Uh, Top Gun. Yeah, like it's averaging higher than Nope. Nope, Nope is averaging three point nine. Doesn't matter. It's sure. Indie Water's nope, choice. In in terms of like achievement, like Nope is also a pretty big achievement. Like I don't know of another yeah. movie that's like that is that much like day as night that that you I don't think... even know about. And like this, like in terms of like pretty undistinguishable, indistinguishable CG. Like I, I think it's pretty impressive. And I think Nope is more challenging and interesting thematically and intellectually, yeah. whereas Top Gun is just kind of like, here's an old man flying planes and he's better than the youth. <laughs> yeah, and he can still like, do it kind I, of thing. I love my, like, one of my favorite franchises ever is Mission Impossible. And I, like, I love those movies and I generally like Tom Cruise action movies a lot. And I liked Top Gun, but I was like, I saw it after I heard so much of the hype and I was just like, yeah, that was good. Like, I didn't, I don't yeah. know. I wasn't blown away by it the same way a lot of other people were. And I think it's, my biggest problem is the B story with, um, oh, what's her name? Jennifer Con- Connelly's Jen- character. Because yeah. it's just so, like, generic 80s love interest. <laughs> it also which runs contrary to. Yeah. It also yeah, runs contrary. Like just... Have you ever seen Tarantino explain <laughs> yeah. his theory about the first Top Gun? <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it's in a movie, right? Yeah. yeah. Apparently, apparently in think. that movie, he's talking to Todd Field, the director of Tar. Oh, really? In the scene, I didn't yeah. Know that. That's which is so funny. Um, anyways, we've I think we've talked too much about the yeah. the IndieWire top twenty five. 
Um, yep. Some other news, Titanic is uh, being remastered and then re-released uh, at the, in the beginning of 2023. Uh, I see that as a very clear trying to make, make money for money. Avatar, <laughs> <laughs> trying, trying to fund Avatar. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's any other way to see it, really. Because uh, yeah. James Cameron just keeps, I don't have any quotes written down, but like, he keeps saying like he wants to go to like Avatar six or seven. Yeah, he was saying like he yeah, hasn't even released two. <laughs> yeah, but like, didn't he say like he's not gonna direct them anymore or like something? Yes, but he's still gonna be like executive producing and funding. So like, okay, the financial thing is gonna be an issue for him. And yeah, like, oh, it's, it's that's so weird. I and we're gonna be reviewing Avatar two weeks from now, so yeah. we'll see. We'll see. Um, we're gonna hop into yeah, first one was the, uh, good wrong we're gonna hop into the uh marvel corner the marvel corner that's terrible you need to work on that um, <laughs> no, that's a good one. no we can't do the spoiler guns from right the that's yeah. facts right 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 yeah. so, <laughs> so we got some news for marvel uh kate dickey from game of thrones and also the mother in the vivich robert uh, what is it? What do we call him? Bob Egg? Robbie, Egg, Robbie, Robbie, Egg. Robbie Eggs, the Eggman. Robbie Eggs, the witch. Um, yeah. And so this is a little, possibly a spoiler, who's to say? So, you know, plug your ears if you don't want to hear this, but for Loki season two, she's going to be the villain, and it sounds like she might be a villainous future version of one Sylvie, which mm. I think is a very interesting choice. The, uh, the comparison was that she would be the Richard E. Grant that like Richard E. Grant was classic Loki, and so she'll be classic Sylvie. So mm. I think that's, I think that's like a fantastic choice, and like probably one of the most interesting ways they could take this series instead of doing yes, something sure. that, you know, like random and kind of like keep going with the Kang thing. I'm glad that they're keeping it still Loki central. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay, so then the other yeah, I, mean, I, yeah. I mean, like, I'm excited, but I haven't seen anything for Loki season two, so I can't really comment. I also some, didn't there's been some Loki season one for me, so. Wow. Okay, wow. well, there's been I some really... behind-the-scenes stuff of Sylvie's back, and I think they were at, like, a McDonald's, and it seems like they're going to be hopping into the 1970s. That's a while ago. Cool. Yeah, it was a while ago, but you yeah. said you haven't seen anything, and I'm just saying. Oh, no, I'm talking about, like, actual footage, like trailers. Sure, yeah. Um, and then the other bit of Marvel news I have is also a rumor. Um, so apparently, one uh, Ultron might be making return. It's actually interesting that in Black Panther Wakanda Forever, there's a clear scene where Ultron would have been mentioned. Because, um, what's her name? Shuri has an AI. And then her mom is like, you know, AIs go bad. And Shuri, uh, instead of saying, like, yeah, like Ultron, she's like, no, that only happens in the movies. Oh, yeah. Did Ultron yeah, not happen <laughs> for them? Like, did they not know? He was stealing vibranium, too, which makes it sound like he should have been on their radar even more. Yeah, so. Double Wakanda. But anyway, so he was like, you know, obviously not mentioned. Maybe they took it out on purpose. I don't know. Um, but the, uh, the consensus is that he'll probably make a return for uh, Vision Quest. Uh, and I think that's a, a really obvious. That's kind of lame, still, though. That's honestly. a show I'm not gonna watch. So we'll see. <laughs> Peter, no why shot. is it kind of lame? 
like dude what you um i've like i don't read that many comics but um i did read age of ultron like the original comics and that yeah, plot that. line was sick the fact that like they didn't do that for avengers 2 and now they bring him back and not doing that it's kind of kind of lame <laughs> i mean they're not going to rehash age of ultron they're going to try and use him in a different way because rehashing is boring so True, that ship, but like, that, I, I know what you mean but like that ship is yeah but i i don't know it might be <laughs> um, interesting <laughs> but yeah like i can't really get I too think, hyped up about that you know I, I think it'll be like you know vision is trying to figure out who he is and part of who he is is ultron so i think he'll have to grapple with that and i think ultron will make a return i'm interested i i think ultron is a really interesting character and we haven't seen him at his most menacing i know i saw um on Twitter, there was like someone posted a picture of Ultron, like an ultimate Ultron kind of like form, like his top evolution form or whatever from a series called Annihilation Quest. And I'm not super familiar with the story and how Ultron specifically plays into it, but I know that like what I do know about Annihilation Quest is very interesting. And so I hope that they eventually get, uh, try to do that maybe. I don't know. Anyways, um, phase so, eleven uh, annihilation quest. Phase eleven, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we got uh, we're gonna head into the trailer part because we just got trailers, 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 uh, like crazy. Should we do like a car motor no. sound for trailer park? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trailer park. That's not what trailers sound like, but okay. Um, so first up, kind of bleeding into the... Do you know what a trailer is? That's a motorbike. Um, standing up. Uh, we're going to start with the Guardians of the Galaxy 3 trailer. Um, this was a pleasant surprise on a... What was it? Like a Thursday? Um, so one of the days. Or th- yeah, I think it was Thursday. And... I've got to say, like, I'm so, so excited for this movie. You know, Black Panther didn't do it for me as much as I was hoping that it would, like, save Marvel post-Endgame. But I'm hoping that Guardians will do it. <laughs> like, I think I think there's a chance this one looks just as visually good as Black Panther did in those trailers. But maybe less so. Like, you know, Black Panther looked very good in those trailers. Yeah. Um, but I think... I think it's a huge step up from where James Gunn was before. There's like some very good, like um, there's like that insert shot of the medical instruments with the blood, I think was a really neat shot. And there's like the shot behind the high evolutionary's head that looks really menacing. So I don't know. I think it looks good uh, in that sense. And I mean, somebody's going to die and I'm going to be crying in the theater. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, it's definitely one or both of, you know, spoilers if you really don't want to know, but like, this is just my guess. So it's not founded on anything, but what the trailer shows, it's either Drax and or Rocket. Like the, the chances of them making it out of that movie are slim to none. Um, there's, there's a shot of like Drax with like a bullet blaster wound in the middle of his chest. And they're like struggling, like to carry him. And then you see a shot of uh, Peter and not not our Peter Quill and Star Lord <laughs> and 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 Mantis like freaking out crying and I mean Mantis is really close with Drax so I mean Dude, that, Rocket that like a Rocket good finding love in the in the third movie though Ooh, I'm... yeah 
I mean, it also looks like Rocket is in, like, heaven in that one scene. Like, there's the white Harry Potter, like... Yeah. You, do you remember that scene where Harry Potter dies mm-hmm. and then it's like a yeah. white train station? Oh, like it looks yeah, like that of a rocket. And and there's the shot of him like lying on a table and like looking really weak. Um, I don't I don't think it's gonna be good for them, but uh, I'm hey. super excited and it looks funny too. I don't know if you guys noticed, but like there's like a spacesuit scene where like they're all wearing yeah. like really colorful spacesuits. I'm my friend fucking said- among us. It's not yeah, that. my friend sent me that. No. It's like the Among Us crossover. James Gunn specifically funny. like spoke out about that. He was like, no, it's a reference to 2001 A Space Odyssey because they have colorful suits in that too. Yeah. Uh, but and also, hey, the, I um, didn't expect them to show um, Adam Warlock this early. That was a little surprising, I have to say. But yeah, um, yeah it, cool. it was a He's really good some... shot. Like It's like the full face yeah. too. And plus like the crystal. <laughs> In the, in the forehead yeah whatever kind of gem that happens to be that is not the mind stone soldier but yeah i don't i don't think they're gonna do that either um and then some people have been pointing out that there's someone who's like very white in the trailer like a, a woman who's like platinum blonde hair and is very pale and is wearing like a white suit and so i think they were saying it's quasar maybe um i'm trying to think of what the character's name is yeah phyla vel known as quasar um so i no know Aiden has that no is idea my what the fuck he's talking sounds. about yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quasar? She's, in, she's another guardians of the galaxy uh roster character so i get the sense that they're building a new roster because everyone's gonna fucking die so you've got you know mantis um quasar adam warlock i don't know who else but yeah, I, I I get the sense that a new team is forming as mm. old characters keep leaving. So uh, we got more trailers that we got to blast through. Uh, we're taking way too long. It was a Mario trailer. Um, yep. I think it looks actually good. looks kind of cool. Yeah. And, Yo, I mean, Anya's voice, voice is acting. very good, by the way. Like, yeah. nah, nah, I don't like any of Shut the up, voice Ryan. acting, man. I don't like any of the voice acting. Even Shut Jack up, Black kind of sucks, Jack man. Black, really? Jack Black I didn't Black. like it. Okay, that's take that back. I want to say it sucks, but it's not really good. It's the best one, but it's not really good. It just sounds so off. Like the animation style looks great, um, but I, I, I'm still the, mixed uh... about it. It's still Illumination, man, and they fucking suck. They're what? awful. Illumination Are you serious? I they fucking the pump out images. generic garbage all the fucking time. Hell no. Hell no. No. Yeah, I like the no. <laughs> okay, yeah, I didn't feel that strong. I saw I, the trailer and I was just like, oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, monkey. Ooh, yeah. Donkey Kong. Mario Kart. I know Mario Kart. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, he gets punched um, in the face. Ooh. Yeah. Who, who's the guy voicing Luigi? Charlie it's Day. It's yeah, Charlie like... Day. No. <laughs> no. My my bar right now is Jake Gyllenhaal in Strange Worlds, which is a, the new Disney movie that nobody's heard of. But like seeing the trailers of him, it just sounds like Jake Gyllenhaal, and it's like so generic. Doesn't sound like he's doing a character at all. That's terrible voice acting. I think everyone, even even Chris Pratt, is doing a better job than Jake Gyllenhaal in that movie. I think, even though like I don't like the voice Chris Pratt is doing, but like I don't I don't feel that like it's on and off. I feel like it's 
I feel like it's so subjective though, because if you look at Twitter, half the people is like, "Oh, French Mario is like miles ahead of Chris Pratt, so much better." Uh, and then the, the other half is like, "Okay, French Mario is just pure cringe. Chris Pratt so much better, etc." I don't think that many people are saying Chris Pratt's doing a great job. But my take, I've actually come full circle on this, and I think this movie's going to be hilarious, including Chris Pratt's voice. I think I'm going to see it, and I'm going to love it. I think I'm going to be laughing my ass off in the theater. Dude, so, you're going to be like the only guy above 20 in there. No, Aiden and I are going to watch it yeah, together. Alex and I'll see it together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I think, and we're going to do a pod on it, for sure. Yeah. Um, no way, are we? Okay. For sure. Um, yeah. There's, uh, there's more, more trailers More trailers to come. So there was a trailer for Cocaine Bear, a movie I've been hearing about for years yeah. now. I think that yeah. one is executive produced by Lord and Miller and directed by Elizabeth Banks, oh. uh, acclaimed filmmaker. Let's go! <laughs> so I love Elizabeth Banks, an inside, It's an inside joke. We were joking about how... Uh, I, th- I think it started with Peter saying... Oh yeah, it's an Elizabeth Banks movie, so it's gonna be super chaotic. And I said, name one. Elizabeth <laughs> Banks no, movie okay, okay. So. <laughs> quote, quote me correctly and accurately. I said this a... movie emits so much chaos energy. It sounds like a, like it seems like an Elizabeth Banks movie because her character. My paraphrasing is very painful <laughs> to what you said. It's not based on the fact that she's done chaotic movies. It's the fact that her character in movies often been chaotic. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my my paraphrasing was a very faithful to your interpretation. But okay, sure. <laughs> Anyways, so Cocaine Bear um, is described as a black comedy survival thriller and it's not what i was expecting i thought it was going to be straight comedy but i'm glad that they went in this direction it just looks like like oh shit here's this super crazy chaotic one might say bear on cocaine and he's like gonna kill everybody and i think that's great i'm really excited for that that's cool yeah, it reminds me of that one uh i can't remember the name of it but it was from like the 80s it was like Shark the title movie what <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know why. Do you know what I'm talking about? But it was like on set. It was like a tiger, and I can't remember. But it it, it reminded me of that film. Um, I'm excited animals? for it. it. Looks fun. That's a movie. This no, movie not wild animals. animals. I okay. it might be called Roar. I think that's what it's called. Wait, like the Katy Perry music video? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, so that that looks fun. Um. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny as yeah. a new trailer. Don't love the name, but I mean, I'm I think very skeptical looks... of this trailer. There's a lot of time travel in the trailer, I think. What I think you mean flashbacks. <laughs> 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 okay, okay. Okay. Indiana Jones, end game. We're going to go back to all the other movies. No. He's going to go back and retrieve every artifact from the other movies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, would you, I think what Peter's referring to is the, um, the de-aging technology, which yeah. looks yeah. probably the best I've ever seen. I think it looks great. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's very impressive. Um, yeah. I, I'm still very yeah, skeptical of this, though. Eh, I understand. Yeah. That. yeah. Um, it the, good choice of a director though. Have James Mangold yeah. since he did do yeah. Logan, and that was really well done. 
hopes for yeah. a resurrection yeah. type of franchise movie. So, well, I think what people like to forget is that he also did the Wolverine. He oh, like that's not, not a bad movie. It's not bad. It's good. Not a great movie. It's but, um, It's cool. And then he also did uh, Ford v Ferrari, which I think was pretty good. Yeah, um, solid. A little That's forgettable. The most, like I don't really the most dad movie ever made. Until Top Gun then talked it. Um, uh, but yeah, and I mean, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, I adore. So like, I think it'll be interesting to see that uh, happen. Yeah, she's cool. Um, we got a trailer for The Mean One, the Grinch slasher film. It looks terrible. Yeah. It looks yeah, god awful. It looks like a Hallmark level production. Yeah, I don't give a what? fuck or a shit to be honest with you. Neither? Wow. Neither. Neither one. Um, <laughs> we got a trailer for The Last of Us, the, uh, mm. the adaptation of the acclaimed video game. Mm, yeah. Mm. Um, and apparently by the creator of Chernobyl, which is a fantastic yep. television series if you haven't seen it. Um, I was skeptical and I wasn't going to cover it. And then I was like, well, I've got some time, so I'll just watch it. And I was grabbed pretty immediately like it looks great um there was like the take on take on me was featured in the trailer which is I mean, that's <laughs> weird. That, it, it was i think it works that's like that but it's like a parody of it feels like it's a parody of that trailer trope where they just slow down like a pop song <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was a parody. I think it was just like, yeah. No, I don't do think they were trying to do like that. What, but that's what it feels like when they oh, not work for me at yeah. all. Yeah, I thought it was. I mean, that's so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, the show looks good. I didn't though. mind yeah. it. I didn't mind it. Um, and then, I mean, Daddy Pedro Pascal. <laughs> Dude, the guy's literally on fire. Gosh. Like next year, he's he has Last of Us, and then in March he has Mando season three. So. That's true. The guy, the yeah. guy has a packed year already, and that's not very many things you just listed. Packed <laughs> 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 <Back> year, <laughs> two things. <laughs> um, <laughs> it also has um, Nick Offerman. Peter's on fire today. <laughs> Peter's going with a different energy today. Peter, Peter has a packed year, a chaotic year. Shut um, the fuck up. <laughs> It's gonna be so chaotic. Dude, his year's gonna be so chaotic. You're like the next Elizabeth Banks. Yeah, He's like, so chaotic. It's like, a, it's like Elizabeth Banks directing his year. Like. Yeah, yeah. Um, the trailer also stars Nick Offerman from uh, Parks and Rec, and he's great. I think he has long hair in this, which is weird, but. Uh, anyways, last trailer we have to get through uh, Jesse Eisenberg's um, feature directorial debut, uh, When You Finish Saving the World. Uh, the trailer for that came out. It stars Julianne Moore and Finn Wolfhard. Um, I have only heard mixed to negative things about it, just from like the oh, uh, really? festivals it's been to. On Letterboxd, it has a three, which is better than half of... It's better than like 2.5, so it's not like middle. Yeah. It's on the positive side of middle. For Letterboxd, like, though, that's, that's pretty bad. It's pretty yeah, bad. It like, like, I don't three watch, is pretty bad. I, yeah. I tend to not watch movies below like a 3.5. That's kind of my threshold. There's just so many movies out there that I'm like, right. the better ones are 3.5 or higher. But I was kind of like, the trailer doesn't look that bad. It looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah I think it actually looks interesting from the trailer. And Julianne Moore, one of the greatest actors of all time for me. Love her. Sure. 
Yeah, so much. Sure. Yeah. Just great. <laughs> <I> like <laughs> so many of Ryan's great, takes yeah. just leave us going like, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> Dude, have <laughs> you seen? No, she's so good. Have you seen Safe, the Todd Hayes film? I've not. No, I haven't. Watch no. that and come back to me, and then you'll know why I say this. Okay. 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 Yeah, I okay. don't doubt you. I think she's okay. great. But I just hadn't thought about okay. it. Yeah. <laughs> she's no Elizabeth Banks, but pretty good. <laughs> oh, no. Well, like that's only yeah. if you want that chaotic energy. Yeah. Chaotic <laughs> <energy>. <laughs> <laughs> Collect yourselves. There's a great shot in the trailer where um, Finn Wolfhard is set up like a one of those red lights for like, uh-huh. hey, I'm filming here, like one of those things, or I'm recording, I'm live streaming here. <laughs> You know, doing the uh, thing. one of those lights. all the poggers in yeah. chat. And, and <laughs> I'm, doing, I'm pogging right now. I'm pogging right now. <laughs> and it slowly like pushes into the light. I like that. I like that shot. Yeah. Um, like that's so crazy. we'll see. Yeah. I'll, I'll, you know, remain he- healthily skeptical. But we watched a movie Then we need to get on with this. Uh, yeah. It's a little movie called The Fablemans. Uh, it's directed by Steven Spielberg, written by Steven Spielberg and Tony Kushner, who also they collabed together for Munich, Lincoln, and West Side Story. Uh, it stars Gabriel LaBelle, Michelle Williams, Paul Dano, Seth Rogen, Judd Hirsch, and Julia Butters. Uh, I name her because she's the uh, the older she's sister. She's time in Hollywood. She's, yes. Yeah, I was she's like, from Once Upon a Time. Because yeah. I was watching and I was like, I know that she, Yeah, she's somewhere. even familiar. Yeah. She, was, she was too old compared to, like, she was really young in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. From what I remember, she was like, like apparently she's only thirteen in this movie. Like also, was, yes, I yeah. I did hear that, and I was like, she looks older. That's not mine. Okay. Oh, yeah. I don't think she looks that much older than that. Well, I think like, like she hearing played, it, I'm not like I'm like oh, okay, sure. She played a very mature role. I felt like as a sister. Yeah, yeah. Like a yeah. lot of like you know heavy stuff. That yeah. Um, uh, DOP of this is uh, uh Janus Kaminsky. Uh, and he's been Steven Spielberg's DOP for literally every single film since Schindler's List. Like, okay. 20 plus films since 1993 has all been this guy. Uh, he's also re uh, collabing with John Williams. The movie is a healthy two and a half hour runtime. Uh, we'll get into that. Um, yeah. And it's uh, 40, <laughs> its budget was $40 million. So, we are going to play a little game. But before we play the little game, we were having a discussion. We should name the game. What's the name of the game? Abba. Um, so um, that we should do yeah, that. We should do that. We should sing that intro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we had some name ideas. Uh, I think Ryan had one. What did you think? Yeah, Predacritic. Which I think is fire. It's great. Predacritic. It's it's pretty yeah. it's pretty compelling. I said Predator yeah. versus Metacritic. It's a bit wordy. Um, what was Peter's? Peter had one. <laughs> Did I? Yeah, it's a great name. Get, actually, I think we should call it. That. <laughs> I, I don't remember yeah. mine. That's what we should call it. Um. Anyways, we're so maybe we'll put up a poll on Twitter to see what we should name it, just like we did Predators picks. Um. And maybe we'll ignore <laughs> it. Maybe we'll. I don't know. I'll I'll probably come up with a name last minute. That's the best one, like I did last time. Um. But yeah. So go check out our Twitter so you can. Uh, you know, join in on the poll. That's Predator v Movies. Um, we're going to name this game. Uh, so for the game itself, though, uh, there's a little website on the internet called Metacritic. Uh, it tabulates 
critics scores of a movie and gives an average rating of 100. If it's a 60 or above, it's green. If it's an 80 or above, it's must see. If it's in the 50s, it's yellow. Or if it's in the 40s or below, it's red. I'm getting very good at describing this. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna uh, guess where the Fablemans lands. Uh, yeah. So how are we how are we doing this again? I won last it? time. I Winner go last. No, that's no, winner goes first. Oh, wait. Because, winner goes yeah. first, right? Yeah, so Aiden goes first. I go okay. last. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling a cool 72. Damn. Dang, that's low, bro. Whoa. That is low. Um, let's hear from... I want to hear from Ryan. Ryan, you're next. I think critics would get a love of this shit. Um, really? Yeah, I think so. Um... I'll go eighty-five. I think. Really? Yeah. Okay. I was I wasn't even thinking eighties. Eighties. I I, I I man, I put so money. Ba- on maybe it. I'm wrong. Yeah. Hey. 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 Yo. Hey. Maison. Maison. Um. House. Maison. House. Man, our riffing today is terrible. Peter, what do you think? Um, I'm with Ryan. I think 82. Okay, I'm going to play the game. 72, 82, halfway, 77. I would actually guess 80, but I'm going to play the game. Yeah. Uh, like like I I was taught by Aiden. Uh, so yeah. let's see where uh, these Fable guys uh, land. Fable. Man. Okay, that's... Uh, yeah, so okay, um, 82, and Ryan, you guessed 85? Yeah. I think Ryan's our winner. This is the unprecedented oh! where the guest won. Um, yeah, it's an 84. No! Let's go. So I mean, it shouldn't be that high, but let's go. I think okay. it's fair. Yeah, I, I think it's fair. fair. I think it, like like I said, I think 80 we'll would have been it. good, but like I, I respect an 84. I think that's fine. Aiden seems to disagree on that one. Um, I liked this movie. I don't know. We'll get into it. Yeah, whatever. yeah we'll, we'll get, get into it. We'll get, we'll get into, into it. Lost. I lost. Yeah. Order. I gotta do but the thing. On. Order, order, order in the court. Yeah. Uh, there's actually yeah. an order of events here. So first off, we start that's off true. with our non-spoiler review. Oh, that's so true. Ryan, that is true. Oh. You're used to uh, starting off in this time you don't get to. Um, so Ryan, as the winner, you get to decide who goes first for the non-spoiler review. Oh, is this the okay? Um, well, it's either I, a punishment, really... like, like, or you can just say, like, yeah, I want to go first. So it's up to you, uh, Peter. Ooh. Since you wanted me back, Ooh. see, guys, I got perks. You, you bromance. don't <laughs> the bromance. It's real. Um, okay, I thought this movie, like, there are like uh, when I watch movies, um, there's like an objective opinion on the movie and there's also a subjective opinion like objectively <laughs> i think this movie <laughs> what's, what's what happening there, ryan <laughs> what no okay. nothing you did peter just ryan's friends you guys are making funny faces and ryan, <laughs> peter's just saying like the most generic shit <laughs> there are objective opinions and there are subjective opinions sorry anyway peter, you can continue i'll continue objective and subjective so opinions. this movie i thought objectively was excellent and it's like like there's nothing wrong with this movie i thought 
uh, and excellent plot, great characters, amazing, like well acted. But subjectively, I didn't really get into it. Like I didn't dig it as much as I wanted to. So I give it a four out of five, just because like I didn't get into it that much personally. Um, I think like this is just uh, one thing I would say though, like when I go to move when I go to movies because um, the the theater I go to are like I think is a fairly popular one. You can really tell like the demographic a movie is intended to when you go see a movie with like a relatively crowded theater. For example, when I went to uh, when I went to see like Triangle Sadness, for example, a lot of young people, like people in their twenties or like teenagers. But this movie, I think the average age in that theater is probably like forty plus. Like lots of old people in the yeah. theater, um, yeah. and like Alex, I know this annoys the shit out of you, and a uh, few of them clapped as the movie uh, rolled credits. Yes, fucking cringe. So yeah. Um, I think, but I do think this movie is for everybody though. Like, I think it's a very, like, a lot of themes that everyone can relate to. And um, I think, like, looking back, because I know this is sort of like a biographical movie for Spielberg. Um, like, it's, it's like a great look at sort of like his early years, how he got started, why film is so important to him, and sort of like the inner turmoils that people don't really realize that he was going through so movie's good i recommend to everybody four out of five cool yeah i think um you're bringing up a good point i feel like spielberg is just at this point he's of a different generation and so the people of that generation and who grew up on his movies are always going to go out to see them but they've just kind of lost their cultural like potency dare i say like if you have to think of like all of the movies he did in the last 20 years, so many of them are forgettable or people didn't go out and see. He did the BFG. He did Ready Player yeah. One. He yeah. did like Post. War Horse. Post, people yeah. were not going out to see these movies. Yeah, of Spies. Horse. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> like his best, his best stuff is from his early. The early 2000s. Not even... Like maybe catch me. If you I can. really love catch me if you can, and I, I love that movie. Yeah, catch me if you can is fun. Right? An AI. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, but like, all that was also his the terminal period. So you know, like, I think <laughs> yeah, I think just like he has not been able to connect with younger audiences, and they're not going out to see his movies so much. Um, and also, like, it's kind of crazy how fast he pumps out movies. Like, it, um, it is crazy yeah, yeah. Like, like west side yeah. story was like the last one right? last year he did yeah, yeah it was yeah. last yeah. year um yeah so ryan who should uh who should go next i'll go next wait did um, peter give his stars and his rex yeah, sorry yeah. i might have missed yeah. it okay yeah. cool uh i do my homework aiden unlike yeah. you <laughs> wow <it's not> homework. <laughs> uh so i saw this a while ago um when it first came out um day of first uh, showtime and uh went in okay open-minded yeah no i'm that kind of cool guy uh (laughs) but i went in open-minded and um i was watching a lot of early spielberg stuff and i even watched a documentary about him which was about a lot of his films that he made and about his personal life and uh i remember the first 10 20 minutes um i started like tearing up (laughs) <laughs> like Whoa. it was like really good 
Um, and I just really loved it for a while. Um, and then it kept going and it was still good. Um, and like at first it was like a four to five for me. And then as I just sat back and let it like digest with me, um, it kind of just got worse and worse the more I thought about it. Like, I think it's now like a, like a six out of 10 for me. I think right now it's a seven out of 10, but like a six out of 10, like looking back, it's like, to me, it's not that good. <laughs> like it's so cheesy, so overly sentimental. Like I, I gotta love it for the charm. And like, obviously it's Spielberg's passion project. Um, but fuck, it's just, it just doesn't sit well with me after watching sure. it. Um, I would go more into it, but yeah, um, we'll get into yeah, it. Yeah, we'll get into it. We'll get into things. We'll get into it. Um, but no, great, great performances though. Uh, well, uh, well, okay, yeah. We'll, I'm gonna, I'm gonna we'll stop. Get into uh, it. Yeah. So I think for me, I would recommend it to most people. I do think it's like the best picture, um, for like the Oscars. So it's kind of for everybody. That kind of movie. Um, you mean sorry? You mean like it's in the best picture running, like nomination? Oh, it's gonna like win. A, you don't? Oh, it's gonna win. I can nearly. I don't. I, I know that, that you're very calm. after seeing it. Like I, I get your point, but I don't think. Who? What else? No. What else? So. What else? There's so many good films this year. We literally what else the top fits 25. that? What else like, fits that? Like, like the I understand your point, but I don't think nothing else can win it. I, I would put like twenty bucks on it right now. I put I put twenty, not okay. winning. Okay. Shake we'll, on we'll, it. we'll see. We'll see. Shake on this it. This is permanent. Yeah. This is permanent. You're about a killer bromance, think... man. Everything everywhere could win. Yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. winning. I think I was nah, gonna say better. I think I think I that's think easily... it's better. No, I, I think easily better, actually, but I think I it's a slam so. dunk for the Oscars. I think they're absolutely gonna pick everything everywhere. Nah, I don't Aiden think so. And me are on the same team. Yeah. I would love it. I would love it. I would love it, but it was so popular. If it if it was more yeah. underground, then I would agree with you. But it was so popular, and like the layman audience easy. loved it, and the film guy audience loved it. It would. It's so easy for the Oscars to do it. Why would they not pick it? Yeah. Dude, what if I when think... the uh, nominations also, come out and the Fableman's not even on it? I will also, be to look at it, will be to look at it cynically, like the the um, it's culturally more interesting than the yeah. fablemans i think right so like oh yeah it is look at the past couple of years wait i want to pull this up it's also like think coda. about this last think year coda one okay but think about this what is one of the biggest complaints that people have been leveling against the oscars people have been le- people have been saying there should be a category that accounts for like superhero movies and like these big like <laughs> like the, like the no yeah. and this movie is a multiverse movie the like big thing in the blockbuster realm it's a multiverse adventure but it's like an art film too it's so like it's a good marketing for them to pick it like it's it's such a it's there it they, like the alley-oop is like their hand is on the wall yeah. like and they're just and they're just you know what i mean like, like it's yeah. so I mean, yeah. it should, but I don't think that's, I don't think that never happens like that. I mean, the last time that ever something happened like that was like Parasite. And after that, it's just been just, like Coda. Okay, well, look at Coda. Coda. Like, like look, no one saw I know, Coda. Okay, oh, Jesus Christ. I Sorry. want to look at the last couple of years. So last year was Coda. Yeah. Before yeah. that, Nomadland, Parasite, yeah. Green Book, 
Shape of Water, Moonlight, and so on and so on. I feel like there's a bit of a trend for stories about, you know, non-white characters or by non-white creators are getting featured a lot. And for good reason, like some of those movies are fantastic. But I feel like Everything Everywhere hits that niche very well. It's a movie that, again, was very good, very well received, whereas Steven Spielberg has been around forever and probably has already won Best Picture, I think, maybe? Schindler's List, I think, but that just might be it. I think just Schindler's Let List. Let me check. Yes, yes, you were correct. Schindler's okay. List did. Because I was supposed to say, if he hadn't won, then I might be, I might give you a bit more props because it might it's be not like, an oh, it's a passion thing. project. Yeah. yeah, but it's not because yeah, you... he won. So, yeah. but it's like all the humor in everything, everywhere, and everywhere like... is so over the top, and like the older audience is not gonna connect to everything, mm, everywhere, okay. all at once at all. Yeah, but they're not. Could... They're not aiming for. Like old I could see older well, they're, members of they're, the, they're the for academy. the general public, like everybody. No, I know, but like I think that everyone like under like thirty five ish, thirty five forty ish would like everything everywhere, and I think that's the issue is main. Yeah, well, that's the Dude, issue. And is, also, like, like the demo- I think the shut theme- up. What's the demographic of the the academy? Because those are the voters, right? Right. So, I feel like a lot of them are skew older. Even yeah. though there are, you know, up and coming actors and creators who are going to be part of that, but there's, I, I can see the why they would push away from everything everywhere and be like, yeah, it's just which too I much. Think they will. It's a lot, so yeah. we'll see. Anyways, we That's should stop talking about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, but you from- I, 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 I didn't get my rating. Sorry. Uh, like a light, light, light seven out of ten for now. Maybe a six yeah. later on. But yeah, I recommend cool. it. Let's yeah. Let's hear from Maiden. What do you think? Cool. Uh, so I actually, I can echo some points from both of you. I agree that I think this movie is pretty much for everyone. I th- I don't think anyone is going to see this and be like, that fucking sucked. <laughs> like, it was, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it was good. And it was like, it was engaging. There was a lot that I thought was really interesting in it. There were some themes that I thought were actually really interesting. There was some good character work. Um, but I agree. It's very overly sentimental. It's like, I'll I want to talk about this more after but I was realizing towards the end I was like a lot of these scenes are kind of the same sort of scene happening over and over mm-hmm. and over again um but I think I mean but at the same time like Spielberg is a great director and like you can see it like the choices of of how a scene is covered is always in my opinion like very spot on in this movie I think it's it's always great um I have some qualms with some of. No, we'll we'll get it. We'll get into something. Never oh mind. man, there's qualms. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I I think I'm sitting at a three point five stars. Um, so that's like similar to you, Ryan. Seven out of ten. Um, and I would recommend it. I again, I think anyone would like this movie. Cool. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I feel like our consensus is pretty like close to everybody. Um, I think. Yeah. I think there's a big issue in that Spielberg wrote this, co-wrote this film. There's just not enough distance for him. So I did find that it's a lot of like, it sounds like a, a grandpa telling you their life story going, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. And it doesn't really flow as a story. Um, okay, grandpa, you know, but um, as, as, you know, as far as a director, I, th- I think Spielberg, you know, 
nails it again. Like he he's a yeah. very talented director. Um, it's kind of weird for such a contained story. I haven't really like most of his his niche is the action adventure genre, and we see in the film him discovering that. And so to see then that style have to be kind of not even like pared down, but like a little bit to a more contained story where not a lot is happening. It, I feel like I'm missing that action and adventure because it, the story just doesn't have that as part of it. Um, yeah, I think, um, I don't know. Like, like there were parts that made me laugh a lot. Uh, there were parts that made me kind of like, yeah, t- close to tear up, like make me feel like emotional. And so like, you know, he's still, like, like I said, Spielberg, shut the fuck up, Peter. Like um, making fun of me again Jesus um, anyways oh Jesus we'll get into it um, but like yeah I think it's uh, um, yeah I think it was it was alright it's an alright movie it's not great you know Spielberg has many many films that are better than this um, and so yeah I don't know like I, I, I think I could give it a four I think I think a, a four is generous enough. Um, I I think oh a three God. is is maybe too low, but I I completely agree with a three point five. It's either that or a four for me. And I would recommend yeah, I, people go see this. I think it's. I was also I bouncing between yeah. three point five and four very much. Yeah. Uh, but so before we get into our uh, full discussion of the movie, we have to do a synopsis. And I'm so sorry, Aiden, but you were the Let's loser of the game. Dude, it's hard, man, for this. Can you time me? Yeah, because it is yeah, just I things like, happening, like you said. So <laughs> yeah, I feel like yeah, it's always hard. We we're never like, oh, this is gonna be easy, you know. Well, like uh, after we sun would after sun would have been easier to do. I think I don't remember when we. Well, after sun's short. It's another man. one that's this just movie's two hours to thirty minutes long. Okay. Anyways, uh, so we're gonna yeah we're gonna do our two minute synopsis. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. Okay, so we are dealing with a coming-of-age story that is like semi-autobiographical of Steven Spielberg's life. Steven Spielberg's life. Uh, we start out with him as a very young boy when he sees his first movie, and it's like a train and like big explosion. And so then he gets a train for Christmas, uh, and he like wants to make it like have the crash. And then it's like, oh, not Christmas, Hanukkah. He gets a train for us on Peter's Day. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> yeah, he, he, he gets the train for Hanukkah, um, and then he uh, records it because he like wants to feel control over it, and he's like oh i like movies and shit uh and so that he as we we follow him as he grows up uh and as he grows up we learn that um his parents uh have maybe not the greatest relationship um the mom kind of has a relationship with seth rogan who is the dad's friend uh, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah uh they move they move around a lot they bounce from new jersey to phoenix um the mom has some issues with depression that they struggle with um at one point uh sam who is the spielberg insert character discovers through some one of the films that he was recording that his mom clearly is has like in love with seth rogan um yeah oh yeah i forgot to do a uh, um, <laughs> a little too late yeah uh and so but then he kind of forms a bit of a bond with her and then so then they move to california after a while to get away from seth rogan but then it doesn't work uh, because... <laughs> that's, <not why. laughs> that's like part of the reason but also paul dano has a new job paul dano's the dad um yeah. but then the mom in the end is like i'm getting a divorce i'm gonna go 
back to Seth Rogen, uh, and then it ends, and um, uh, Sam, Sam, Sam guy, main guy, he meets with uh, uh, da, 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 uh, David Lynch, and I forget who he's playing, uh, but David Lynch John is playing Ford. a director, and he sees him, John Ford, and then, yep, and then that's it. And he does the movies. I will say some things were missed. Um, I think it's it's important to mention. Yeah. He, um, when Sammy moves to, uh, not SoCal, Northern California, um, there's a lot of anti-Semitism at his high school. Oh, that's true. So there's some bullies that are bullies and they bully him. And he meets a girl um, who is a a Jesus loving kind of crazy person but um i guess that's my own subjective opinion on that um and they start dating and he gives up film for a while because of what it did and how he captured the affair on camera so he was kind of like i'm not going to do this anymore um but then he falls back in love with it and i think that's oh there's a monkey Monkey, yeah. Mom and they, and uh, he broke up with the girlfriend. Well, she broke up with she him. She broke up with uh, him at, at because he talk. he wanted her to. Um, he said, you know, I love you to her. Go with go with wanted... him to Hollywood, basically. Yeah. And yeah. he later explained that, oh yeah, it's like a marriage proposal, and like two. You no, know, he said well, that he it was, was everything like, but kidding. a marriage. Yeah. 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 Like like he. Anyways, that doesn't matter. Okay, so we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get into our full discussion of the film. So first off, let's talk about that Spielberg direction and also cinematography. Um, it's very Spielberg, I have to say. It is very yeah. Spielberg. Yeah, I think right from the first scene, like I think one thing Spielberg does great is motion, camera motion. Uh, in Absolutely. scene, yeah, I think like and from the very first scene, like you can see it, like it hangs on the boy, and then it like very naturally goes down when the dad ducks down, and everything feels like like the the marriage of the motion of the camera with um the motion of the characters and the blocking always feels great. I think it always, mm-hmm. I think it works really well. I I think it's great. Yeah, he's a big uh, crane guy. There's lots yeah. of crane shots yeah. and dollies for sure. Yeah, I um, I will say uh. There's two aspects I didn't like about it. Um, One is the film. Uh, So when Sammy's using the film, it looks so fucking realistic. And it's way too modern. Like, you see, like, what he's shot on the film. And it looks way too modern. Like, it doesn't look like Like, film at all. It's just shot on, like, actual, like, digital cameras. Instead of being, like, that grainy film, like, 70s kind of look. And, um... I it really threw me off of it. Um, oh, yeah. And I, I also do know. I just want to respond to that. I do know that Spielberg purposefully like made his films better than they were. <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah, that has to be the case. Like he upped the production value of his childhood short films so yeah. that it wasn't just like you know, like probably closer to our experience with short films, which are like yeah, they're they're okay, but like you know they're not. Yeah, which I think yeah. is funny. It's it's. Um, it's not quite as humbling as you might hope and it makes me feel like shit and we'll get into that but. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah there was some of that um, but the other part was like a lot of the car scenes especially um, one when it was yeah. thunderstorm and that felt mm, very staged um, yeah other yeah, than that though agree. it's pretty like, great dude the, the tornado scene is actually kind of funny though because like it like when I saw it in the trailer, I was like, "No way, this turns into like an action movie. Like this has to be a shot of like a, one of the movies you filmed or something." 
but then it's like a real scene in the movie you know um this it, it felt this it felt a little out of place but like you know it's yes yeah. uh, that's that's what i was yeah. gonna say like this kind of lends itself more to the next point but that scene just kind of went absolutely nowhere like i yeah. have no idea why that was in the movie what the purpose was it just ends and i was like what that's it like, cool billboard no... well okay sure, I, I guess i agreed when i first saw it but the thing I think in the context of the whole movie, it, it makes a little bit more sense. Like it, it sets yeah, up that the mom is a little bit erratic it. and will do things like that. And it also sets up that, cause I was really confused. I was like, why is she so upset? I really didn't understand that. And then I was like, Oh, she's leaving her home. Like, that's what it is. And like, she's not sure about like, and there was a good chance that mm. Seth Rogen wasn't going to come with him. And now he is. And it's like, it's right, the beginning right. of that whole arc. Like, and I was like, oh, okay, I understand. Yeah. I actually, so I was with you guys there, but as the movie went on, I was like, I actually do like that scene because it's something that it sticks out to you. And I think that's kind of intentional because I think you're supposed to keep that in the back of your mind as the conflict starts to develop a little bit more. Uh, that's fair. I just think it's really forced though. Like it, sh it, it just ruins the flow of the film um there's a lot of scenes like that that just are pretty pointless like i understand it starts to create the arc but there's way better ways you can do that and show that she's starting to go through that process um, i don't i don't yeah. agree with that i think that i think that there are a lot of scenes that do disrupt the flow of this film there are a lot of scenes that don't need to be here but i actually quite like this scene in retrospect um i yeah. might agree with you that the way it's covered is kind of weird but um yeah 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 sure. um yeah, Peter. Um, uh, I just want to bring up like another cinematography point, if we're okay to move on. Um, Absolutely, no. I, I really loved all the sort of like the all the scenes featuring like the more ancient film equipment that he uses, like especially like in the cutting room, that like mm -hmm. the different ways he cuts with like all the uh, the sort of like film, like they taped onto his desk. And, and the I sound was really good in those sequences. That and yeah. also, like, I felt like the the lighting as well, mm. fantastic. And, like, the way it's sort of, like, uh, like I remember this one scene where only, like, his face is dark, but then his eyes are lit up because he's looking into sort of, like, the, the little screen mm. at the cutting station. And I thought, like, these were very pretty. And, yeah. um, like, these scenes, like, suppose, like, they're, like, the, the montages is supposed to give you this sort of, like, this sort of like immerse you into the moment and also sort of give you like sort of like a satisfying sense when you're watching it but like i think like he's done it so well that they feel immersive and on top of that i feel like you know like you you give a real sense of appreciation of the technology back then and like also how much like how far the technology has come so like cool yeah no i did like those scenes yeah um yeah i just if we're moving on from this point i just have two they're like just two quick things i want to shout out before we do um yeah so i think one of the things i like about this movie is that i think like in film school like one of the things i've noticed that like a lot of people seem to be really drawn to like like flashy color and like oh it's like purple and it's green and it's it's like this and it's like and you have like these led colors or these gels and that can be cool, like using like colors and, and intense shadows and stuff can be very cool. But I think like it is 
I think more impressive to make something that's like really visually works with like a very natural uh, sort of feel. And I think this movie is a good example of that. I think that like an example of like really simple but well done cinematography is it's a scene where the mom is playing piano and in the beginning while she's playing, it's like this long single shot that kind of just pulls out a little bit and shows each character. And then the moment she stops playing, it cuts and suddenly we're on these static shots. Like just little things like that. Like that's it's very simple and it's well done. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Really. Um, it, and uh, hold, hold on, um, I just want to say that, like in directing, I liked how Paul Dana was framed. I feel like a lot of his scenes, he's framed in a lower angle, mm-hmm. and the one that I liked the most was one of his last shots. Yeah. Oh. Um, when he's like when they're opening the letters, and it's just a shot of. It's it's his head and he's in like the lower portion of the screen and there's a lot yeah. of headspace and I was and just, it's like, just like the corner Whoa. of the room behind him yeah yeah like the in yeah. the ceiling the corner of the ceiling yeah yeah and like I wish yeah I don't want to get I don't want to get ahead of myself point wise but like I just like that that shot like actually surprised me for a Spielberg film like that was not a Spielberg shot from yeah. what i yeah. would think of like generally so i was i was really impressed by that for sure i don't know if you guys remember but like um right before the the uncle came in um she sort of has this sort of like nightmare slash dream sequence where she receives a phone call um yep. the shot where sort of paul dano slowly rises behind her while like they're both sort of lying sideways on the bed but you only see like like one of paul dano's eyes that that shot i thought it was really pretty and like the way they sort of played around with the focus as well uh, sometimes it's on the phone sometimes it's on uh the mom and sometimes it's on paul dano like that was really great it's very uh bergman in the 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 yeah, cutting, yeah, like, yeah. faces in half with the mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, and i was also just gonna say i think that's also a testament to like steven spielberg especially in this movie like is able to like have entire scenes that are just one shot and you don't notice because it still feels like very dynamic and the blocking works so well. And like you said, Peter, like the change of focus and like, yeah, it's just like all the information is conveyed so concisely within the one shot. So why cover it differently? And there's a lot of that in this movie that I really like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Last thing I have to say about directing is a negative. Unfortunately, it's, more towards like how the performances were yes done. I think and that's, a, that's, a separate, a point. Yeah. that's a separate point so i'm gonna save most of it for there but i found that there especially towards the beginning there was just like really strange pauses like yeah. almost like like spielberg thinks that's funny and it's definitely not funny is for like and i think it has to do with the fact that those are his memories so it was like, yeah. oh, that was a classic grandma singer. And it's like, I don't know who these characters are yet. That's yeah. not a funny thing they just said. And yeah. now it's just super awkward while we wait for someone to do something, you know? Yeah. I And I also, I felt like, in the beginning, I was like, wow, they're kind of acting like cartoon people. <laughs> and then yes. it was like... Do you want to talk it, about... 
and I we got into it. Now. Let's just do. Let's go into performances just because yeah. we're naturally there. But yeah, so yeah. I got used to it like after like twenty minutes mm-hmm. in. But I actually like immediately the two performances that I was like, I don't know if I like this was Paul Dano and Michelle Williams. Those yes. were the two. Those yes. were the two really? where I was like. I was like, I don't know about this. They're kind of weird. And all the other characters kind of felt like they were normal people. But then those characters felt like they were cartoon sitcom people. Yes. Um, like Sitcom, like, yes. And Paul Dano, like, his character is always talking like, like, he, like he's explaining something like he feels like he's performing to me all the time and i really? but i i got i got used to it as it went on and i actually i found it charming and i felt like it was i think steven spielberg is an astute enough director that i think this was intentional and it's it has to be because both michelle williams and paul dano act like this mm-hmm. and i think that it's 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 uh, a specific choice that the parents act like this because it's kind of like I don't know, this idea of, like, he, he, like, your memory of your parents isn't who they are, you just have this, like, sense of them, you know what I mean? And, and I think, sure, like, I guess, yeah. well, like, your memory of anyone, because, like, I'm assuming that Spielberg, Spielberg's parents are not alive anymore, I don't, I don't know that, but. He did wait to make this movie until they passed away, which okay. I think is really. a little dark, but also, like, totally fair, like, because, yeah, 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 I did read that he didn't want them to have a negative reaction to this so we did kind of like yeah just wait (laughs) so yeah so i i think that there's probably some intentionality to it and i got used to it and i thought it was fine after a while but it was weird at the beginning right yeah um i definitely agree with the michelle williams part um i feel like she was acting way too much um but i did like paul downer's performance throughout it i thought he was one of the better performances um but to me, the best per- and Sammy, Sammy was really good too. He was surprisingly really well. I thought he was really um, good executed. Yeah, but my favorite um, was definitely Judd Hurst. Um, I felt he just ca- when he came in, he's Who the uncle. That? He's the uncle. It's a great uncle. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, he was fucking fantastic in it. Um, yeah. Um, and there's another one. Uh, fucking lost it. Um. Uh, uh, there's someone else. Yeah. Uh, Seth Rogen. Yeah, he's Seth Rogen. Fucking sucks, dude. He should not have been in oh, this really? film. I did really? not like him. I did not like him at all. Um, okay. I actually did like. No, him. yeah, I didn't I like it. it okay. I didn't like it. Maybe I'm just too used to Seth Rogen <laughs> by now sure. that I just see him as Seth Rogen. But every time he came on screen, he just threw me off for a loop. And I didn't like it at all. That's no offense to him. Um, no offense to him, but nah. to your to your Seth Rogen point. Actually, no, sorry. First, I'm gonna respond to Aiden, and then I'll get onto that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wrote very quickly in my notebook, like that the performances were super hammed up. That was a phrase I used. They're just like, like you know, Michelle Williams keeps saying "darling" and like yeah. and movies are it's, dreams. It's very performative. Yeah. 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 Movies are yeah. dreams and. And Paul Dano's playing like a very obviously kind of like quirky character who is only thinking about the technical aspects. And yeah, he's like, you know, son, they it's, it's twenty four frames per second, and like yeah. it's just it's it's a caricature of his parents, I think, and not such a grounded or realistic portrayal. Mm. Now, who am I to say, having not met this, the the Fablemans <laughs> or the, the you know the Spielbergs, but um, 
That's just yeah, and and the moment where the monkey lands on Paul Bale <laughs> yes. straight out of a sitcom, and he's yeah. like, Big time. "What's on my shoulder?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, made, made yeah, for a laugh track kind of thing. Like it was just, yeah. it was very bizarre. And I I don't know why Spielberg did that, but it does kind of feel like intentional because I think Aiden's right. There's no way at this point in Spielberg's career he would have let that kind of thing like just happen. Yeah. Um. For the Rogan point, though, I actually have to say that his performance was very convincing to me and probably more naturalistic than either of the parents. Um, and I think he it's nah, it's, a, it's a classic case of a comedic actor putting in a great dramatic role. Now, it's not it's not like his role is small, so it's not like. You know, there have been much better dramatic performances. So, like, I actually wrote some down. So, like, Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems. Um, Steve Carell in um, something. Fox I already forget what it was. Foxcatcher? Beautiful Boy or Fox, Foxcatcher? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Robin Williams in uh, Good Will Hunting. Jim Carrey in Eternal Sunshine. Uh, Bob Odenkirk in um, that show. Better call Saul. Thank you. Um, so like, like comedic actors, it's always so fun to see them do that. And I think even though like, it's not, he's not doing like anything super serious. It's still fairly lighthearted. I found his performance believable. And I actually, I was never taken out by his uh, performance. And like, he felt like he belonged in that world. I think um, if anything, the last thing I have about performances is that I wish there was more of what I saw from Paul Dano at the end. Cause I love Paul Dano. And yeah. when he started getting like frustrated and like showing emotion, I was like, where was this guy the whole time? Why was the movie not following him? There's very clearly like a favoritism going on. And the movie kind of explains why towards Michelle Williams as his mom. But I'm curious about like Paul Dano and like, how he felt about all these things. And like I said, like when he's framed in that way, it was suddenly like, oh, here's a character who seems to be like, there's something going on there. And I never got that because he was too busy being a goofy little guy for so long. Know. And then that's how I felt. Um, um, no, I we're... definitely see that. Sorry. Um, for the Paul Dano part, I just want to expand on that. Um, sorry, Peter. Um like when he came into uh Sammy's room and told him to make that film and stuff like that like mo- <laughs> like moments yeah. like that i felt were yeah, really great i i do think there are like hammed up moments but i do think for him they work um yeah i just wanted to add that in like before that scene there was a lot of like really great subtle moments when he was like going through dealing with like his wife and um all that kind of stuff yeah yeah Peter. Okay. Uh, actually, I disagree with the Paul Dano and Michelle Williams point. I think the movie is set up in a way that you're sort of like peeling an onion almost. Like at first you see like onion. a very <laughs> at first you see the the very sort of like surface level of the character where like the parents are like like all good. Like his he's a kid. His parents, you know, they oh. they seem very lovely, you know, and then. And then, like, we first sort of see, like, this minor conflict between Paul Dano and Michelle Williams in the bedroom where it's like, hey, he purposely crashed the train. You know, what's up with that? <clears throat> and then 
I think it's like rivalry on two points. One is sort of like you mentioned, the artist versus the scientist. One sort of views the world more like in a scientific, uh, like rules, laws, everything, everything can be explained. While the other one appreciates the the art and the beauty in the world, you know. Uh, so like a clash on this point, and then second is, I guess like. They love each other, like they obviously like Michelle Williams and Paul Dane. They obviously love each other, but in very different ways. And like these are slowly revealed throughout the movie by the conflicts that you know, uh, whether it's uh, Michelle Williams' uh, character losing her mother or like the huge drama about the affair. Like they, th- like these events add layer and depth to the character. And I didn't find that approach like bad at all. Like I thought it was very cool how. Like, throughout the movie, I'm learning more and more, and these characters start to have more and more depth as the movie goes on, so. And uh, I can't believe no one gave this shout-out, but, like, the, uh, the the character who played Sammy for the most of the movie, fantastic. Absolutely loved his performance. Oh, you did? Right. I did, sorry, but no, I'm sorry. okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I, loved, I loved his performance. Um, it, was it was very good. convincing. And somehow, yeah, I don't know good. why, but, like, at the very last scene, like, in the apartment... Uh, sorry, not at the very last scene. Like in the in in like the apartment, he seemed like when he's looking up, he seemed like Nathan Fielder to me for some reason. Like he looked <laughs> like Nathan Fielder. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I know like I know it's the same actor, but like I don't know. And also, also, uh, just a huge shout out to Julia Butters. I thought like, uh, I I thought she's a lot older, but then, then I looked it up and she's only like thirteen, like this year. We and I think that. like that's yeah. crazy, you know, like the fact that she's able to play complex characters at such a young age is mm. yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually like. It's funny you saying that, Peter. I do kind of agree with you. I think like I found that like um, a- like as we started learning about the interpersonal conflicts more and more, that is when the characters started to feel more real to me, and it did very much. I do think it's intentional that we don't really see anything too explicit from Paul Dano until like the conflict has like really started to snowball. And I think that there is, there is a lot of subtlety. Like, I think you do sense that there's something even in the scene where it's when um, Sam first discovers that the affair is happening, like and he's editing and we're intercutting between just a scene of Michelle Williams and Paul Dano just sitting in the living room together. Right. And I think on his face, like there's, I, I think there's something there. And I, I think that I do think that that might be what the intention is, is that you present them kind of as these like, Oh dear movies are dreams. And you think that they're going to wind up being like, Oh, they were so encouraging, but, and they were in their own way, but there was a lot more to it than that. And I, I think that that might've been the point in the end. Yeah. And I yeah. think like the one thing that hit it home for me is when she said that um, like, I tried to bring this like a fair thing up to your dad multiple times, but like I just can't. And like I, I, I would just say, oh, can you fix the satellite, uh, the the the, uh, the antenna for me, the satellite antenna for me? And he would do it because like you know that's just who he is as a character and as a person. Yeah, yeah, right. absolutely. Uh, there is one performance that we all missed. Oh yeah, uh, David Lynch at the end as John Ford. <laughs> 
Yeah, that was great. It was so fucking was good. Yeah. I fucking <laughs> loved it <laughs> so <laughs> much. It was so fucking funny. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to like light that cigar he's for fucking hours. his yeah. eyes like out. Oh, it was so fucking good. Um, it was it was it was just like really and it worked really well that it was David Lynch, because as like us, you know, um, pretentious filmmakers, um. Yeah, frustrated, say, uh, jealous. And yeah, jealous. I, was, I, was, I forgot. I forgot what it was. Yeah, frustrated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but for us, like, um, we can't really like. I do love a lot of John Ford movies, but we don't really connect to John Ford. So having someone like David Lynch, who is like yeah, a director that we is iconic, it, and he's it one of really the film well. school guys. Yeah, now. one of the big film school. Yeah, guys. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I thought yeah, that was no. such a great performance too it was a fun cameo for sure yeah yeah big um, time so we we kind of uh hinted at this before but this was a an autobiography sort of um in that like it's it's based on spielberg's real life and uh he was involved in the script writing which i think most of us ended up having problems with um it's his it's interesting this is his first script that he's co-written since or co-written or written since AI, artificial intelligence, which was like 20 oh, years wow. ago. Um, yeah, so it's been a while. And I don't think like that the writing is it's not bad. It's mm. just that there's not enough emotional distance with the subject material for him. And I do feel like a lot of it is just him thinking about like his memories and being, and like I said earlier, like it's grandpa going, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. And it's, you know, it's a good, it's a, it doesn't work as a screenplay. That's the issue. You know, it's one thing to be like a collection of memories, but there's just not enough like flow to it. And dare I say a lack of focus. I, I think, I think, you know, he finds the theme in his childhood for sure. And how it's like art and how his movie making was, you know, intertwined with the, his parents' divorce. But, um, yeah, I do feel like the script was a weak point. Um, I think Peter had his hand up first. Okay, I completely disagree. Um, I right. don't. I don't think <laughs> sure. like the. I don't think that the events are random, and I think like the way he tells the story is actually very well done. Um, like we see sort of him, like it's all positive at first, you know, like him making film, and then as this sort of film becomes more than just film where like first it's between uh film and family like like the uncle mentioned then then it's between uh like do i even want to keep making film as he reaches that the high school age and then and then this the dad challenging him it's like is this just a hobby like this is a very expensive hobby and then lastly him eventually deciding that he's going to quit college and fully pursue film like i think like that journey is depicted like perfectly there and i'll bring up another movie that um, that he did i think catch me if you can doesn't have like an overarching thread either like it it's it's just a lot of like different con events that uh, the the main guy did and i i guess like if you really have to chain these together i guess it's tom hanks chasing the guy that's about like the only way you can link them together. <laughs> so, that's like, like the plot of a lot movie, of confused faces. <laughs> really? That's like yeah. yeah that's like, that's it's not like, how I remember it. It's a pretty like cut and dry plot. Like 
All right. Tom okay. Hanks is chasing. Okay. Well, that, ignore that I example. Think, but like, yeah. my <laughs> point still stands about this movie. I think like they they flow together yeah. really well in my opinion. I I would definitely disagree that as far as Catch Me If You Can, I think that's a much better script. Um, but let's, sure. Let's I, I think I think this script works. Is is my opinion. I think like it depicts the stages and how like film ch- the role of film and filmmaking changes in his life. I think that's True. a cool progression to see. I I'm kind of between you guys on this one, so I think. Oh no! That... Not again. <laughs> no, I, I, I kind of understand both of your points. I think that with what Alex was saying, like he's very close to the script, and there's a lot of like, and I said this earlier, just towards the end, it's like these scenes are kind of the same scene happening, and what I mean by that is like characters are having a somewhat normal conversation, and then like one of them is crying about something one of them suddenly gets very emotional emotional about something that happened and then it's it's like and then there's this kind of like it feels like there's supposed to be a revelation but then it the same scene happens like three times after that and i think that there's a lot of lingering on things that aren't as important as um they should that aren't as important as they're presented. And I think that's because Spielberg is so close to it that it's like his memories. Um, But that being said, there is also a lot that I like about the script. I don't necessarily agree that it doesn't have a good focus. I actually, I think that in the beginning, I was a little bit like, okay, like, what is this? But I think as it started to snowball, I actually, I really got a grip of like, okay, yeah, it's about like, so he is this character like filmmaking you know you have this thing where one parent is like art and the other is science and filmmaking is the combination of those things it's like he is the artist who's trying to express things but he's also like his dad he's like problem solving like that scene in the car he's like an engineer as well and so like they're like and i actually really liked how that kind of creeps up and you you really understand that about the main character by the end of that and that's because of pretty strong writing um and i think that also like within that as well like the way it explores the power consequences and responsibility that comes with capturing something and i'll, I'll get it more into my, we'll my feelings into about that later but like I, I think it's actually it's really interesting how it's like at first film is this thing that like oh he needs to control something that scared him and so he can he can exercise some kind of control on it and present it and then suddenly it's it's not scary anymore and and he has some sort of control over reality, but then he starts to learn that he can't necessarily control reality. And sometimes he captures something he doesn't want to see. And is he like, how do I deal with the responsibility of being the the vessel for transmitting this thing? And I, I think that there's, there are a lot of, I thought the themes were like very well explored. That was one of the things that I actually really liked by the end of this movie. And then at the end of the day, it's like, it's still the only thing he wants to do. Like, and, I think that his experience at the prom sets up for that well. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I absolutely right. agree 100% with Aiden with that. Um, yeah, I, I do think the tr- fat could have been trimmed a lot mm. on this. Yeah, um, this shit is long. It's very long. Um, I didn't really feel the length as much. I did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the third act, I definitely started getting fatigued with it, though. Um, I didn't really care for the high school stuff that much. Um, the ending was nice, though. Um, but and and the monkey, 
I really didn't like the monkey. <laughs> um, I it, that probably Great. happened in real life, but I yeah. don't like that monkey yeah, exactly. at all. It, like it, I mean. it sticks like, it sticks yeah. too too true to his life that he can't dramatize it even like a little bit um and yeah like it it does work really well though and i don't think it's necessarily bad screenwriting i just feel like if he kind of stepped back from it a little bit um it would have been a lot better if he could just and get rid of a lot of those scenes too that are kind of just unnecessary I agree with you. The monkey thing, I felt very strongly. I was like, okay, it's like, do you remember when this happened? Like, and yeah. maybe that's maybe that exact thing didn't happen, but something like that definitely happened. Yeah. And he was yeah. just retelling it. Yeah. I feel like we're more or less in agreement, really. Yeah. Like we, we kind yeah. of all, yeah. Peter? I think, like, the monkey stuff, I guess, like, at first when they were putting to, together the cage, it's sort of like, like at least I felt personally that if Paul Dano's character has been there, like the cage would have been like a lot easier, like been put together a lot easy, a lot more easily. So like this sort of like, like maybe like it's just like a need for like a sciencey guy to exist. But like I think the monkey one thing that worked really well is that dinner scene where like it's just like layering on the the chaos, uh like one layer at a time first is the yeah. argument then it's uh you gotta take monkey to the vet etc and i don't even know what I, you said no i 100 percent agree with like events too close to real life like it's real so like we should keep it Type of, type of situation it's like it's the same situation with the monica girl where like you have this awkward sort of like you invite christ into you sort of thing like it's like is this really needed like what does this show like i know? like that scene actually like what why the why do you, why do you think that fun. it was it a great fun. scene it's I, a good scene it it's important because a lot of it is about relationships and how he's how he's perceiving oh, the yeah, world yeah. based off of his the, the divorce of his parents uh-huh. and so i actually think it is important to see him navigate like an interpersonal romantic relationship of 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 his own and i think that it was actually a fun like considering he's it also weaves in like he's dealing with anti-semitism and so it, uh-huh. it's it's kind of an it's an interesting play on that as well I actually like, thought it worked. Like, is it rude to like also, ask the Jewish person to do that? <laughs> like, that's more. But they're like yes. they're kids, and it's like, yeah. Like the point is that obviously, it's... Peter. Yeah. Okay. I think also it's interesting that just like his parents, like these are people who have very different outlooks on the world, right? So his parents are thinking or feeling or you know art or technology, and then in his own relationship, it's Jewish and. Um, Catholic or whatever, Christian. One of them Christians. Yeah. One of them. Oh my god. <laughs> one of them Christian. <laughs> I don't know what we're doing. Uh, Ryan, do you have I wanna, an I wanna, antidote? I want to. Yeah, a quick antidote. Um, so when that scene an was. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> did. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I was you like, how do I spell this again? Oh fuck. Yeah, yeah. I thought you knew. Oh, you oh, my bad. <laughs> um but no when that scene so i went to the theater opening night and uh it was really empty which is crazy too this film is not making like any money yeah. at all which is no, it's, it's not it's, not. it's, it's like i think money. six million i think the marketing is bad on this movie. it is really bad it's terrible yeah 
but um so there is only like four other people in the theater and uh so behind me a bit on the left side there is these two older women let's say one's 50 170 so probably like a mother and daughter and um when that scene happened the old lady (laughs) uh the christian scene so when she like when she's like put christ into you thank you man of god <laughs> she started like bursting out laughing and just yelled what the fuck is this i thought this was Spielberg movie <laughs> screamed that out loud to her mother and like i just you calm down peter it was funny but like that was, uh, that's funny. so funny bro that's good okay um yeah that uh, i think it was a good scene it was really funny it was um, funny yeah i want to talk about um spielberg short films um now three quarters of us have made short films and at least half of us are for sure directors by trade but some might say jealous wannabe filmmakers <laughs> um, but, so say je- um, frustrated jealous wannabe frustrated, sorry. <laughs> um, so watching this movie as a frustrated jealous wannabe filmmaker <laughs> i definitely felt frustrated jealous and wannabe um yeah, because his short films and i i think like obviously there was exaggeration but like some of the like ingenuity he infused yeah. like i was just like holy shit like what am i doing here like when i he was, was like literally... okay okay, <laughs> you... okay okay so like when he starts oh my god when he starts like talking about how he did the the guns going off and he yeah. was like he's like yeah i just poked holes in the film i was like oh my god that's so fucking smart or yeah. or when he did like getting shot and he uses like a seesaw like lever contraption to throw yeah. dirt in the air yeah and it that looks just like saving private ryan and he like does like a dying motion i was like yeah oh my god like i could never do anything like that like yeah, i just feel like shit now so thanks. i was literally thanks i was literally i was watching it and i was thinking like oh man like okay like what can i do to achieve this thing in the script that i'm currently writing like like i literally was sitting oh, yeah. with you like okay like i have to rewrite some of my script like because i can i can actually achieve this thing if i just like if i just think hard enough i can find a way to do this thing yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I, I feel you, Peter. And also, I think, like, it's just appreciation. Um, like, like things back then, you know, with no CGI, no, the volume, the volume stage. Um, you, we like, there's so CGI many things either. you have to, <laughs> so, huh? As, oh, as well, low budget. Yeah, we don't have CGI when we were. We also don't <laughs> like, have CGI or the volume. My, Thank you. My, my point is just, like, I really appreciate these scenes. It's, like, just, like, when you have when you're low on budget when you're an indie filmmaker how can you make you know a spectacle with limited budget i think like i've always loved how like you know like the original star wars credits for example is literally just a camera filming a screen with like text rolling up you know uh mm-hmm. like it like how low tech solutions make for great results you know i i, I love these scenes I one of the things I was literally thinking one point he's like yeah I got 40 guys coming out to my shoot and I remember thinking like holy shit he has 40 people coming out to your shoot it's so hard like because like (laughs) one of the things that me 
me and Ryan worked out over the summer. Like we had a, a good amount of people out for one of the scenes. Yeah. And even that was like pretty hard to put together. <laughs> like yeah, most like, of them get, left halfway too. And most of them left and yeah, yeah. like yeah. <laughs> I think there was just less to do in the nineteen fifties. That's what yeah. the, yeah. the yeah. Yeah. like they weren't doing anything yeah. else. They could just come to the shoot. Yeah. yeah. Um I mean, another thing, this is my segue, another thing that Spielberg captures on film is divorce. Um, that was pretty fucked up. That, <laughs> that scene where he's like trying to make the camping film and he starts seeing hints. I think that was probably like the first moment in the film where I was like, oh, this is this is good and like really compelling. Like, I mean, there were there were good moments before, to be fair, but this was the first wow moment like every film has wow moments and i think this was my first one where i was like oh like i feel that gut punch i know exactly what sammy is feeling right now and just like the repetition of him like going over and over and over and over the scenes to make sure that he's seeing what he's seeing yeah. i just like i was really impressed with that scene in particular paired, paired with this camera movement like it's just kind of circling around the whole time and it's yeah. like Again, it's a bit like, Michael like, Bay for me, but <laughs> no, I but I think it's like I understand the comparison to Bayhem, but it's not Bayhem. It's well, it's like technically different than Bayhem too, because he always uses like the long lens so that the background's like. Mm. But um, it was also it was slower and it was more of like it felt like a revelation. Unlike Michael Bay, it felt like a very intentional use of this uh, arcing yeah. movement, and I, I thought it worked really well. Any other thoughts on? <laughs> yeah, no. Good scene. Good scene. I yeah. like that. Good scene. Yeah. I I think my first wow moment was probably um, when young Sammy has his like hands um, in front of the projector. I that really love that. I, I love that, that too, shot. Actually. Yeah, that that's the one that kind of made me tear up a little bit. I uh, there's been yeah. so many like love letter to cinema movies. Yeah, I'm just getting kind of tired of some of the cliche shots of like, it's like light and it's like in my hands and like the I don't think I've ever seen it in my hands. Yeah, usually it's a shot of the characters in the movie theater and the projectors above yeah. them and it's a low angle shot and they have wonder in their eyes and there's a shot yeah. in here that's exactly like that. So I just give you that vibe, and I, I, you know, I'm just kind of like, eh, whatever. So I thought I liked it yeah, though because I thought it was it was an interesting way to cover that idea because you, you're yeah. right that idea is very played out, but I actually I really liked that as a as a metaphor. It was yeah, yeah it was different for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think next I'm zooming way ahead to uh, Monica, the Jesus loving girlfriend. Um, yeah. I I mean we did kind of already talk about yeah. this, but that scene was hilarious. Yeah. Um, and yeah, when when she starts seeing like put jesus in me or something like the <laughs> yeah. phrasing is really like uh sexually charged um i also just thought it was super funny that you know obviously some of these things are fictional but the idea of spielberg recreating the time he lost his virginity is just so fucking funny to me like <laughs> oh man I, I, I think Dude, that's and, hilarious. And the fact that <laughs> yeah. when he looked up, it's literally Jesus on the cross. Yeah, oh, that was such yeah. a funny comment. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, like how that scene builds up how much Jesus is in this room. <laughs> you know, it starts with the mural, you turn around, and then it's above the bed, and yeah, he's looking up, and he's like looking down on him. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. It's, yeah, no, I, I really like that scene. Um, any other thoughts on Monica in general, not just necessarily that scene? Well, actually, like I think, 
like the prom stuff, like uh, you you said you said in general, right? So I can talk about it. Because somebody had a point, and I included it in this, so I was waiting for somebody to say their point. I don't think I don't think right. I don't think that was me, but um, I think it was you. It was me. All right, not me. Okay. Um, so so like at the at the end at the prom, like um, I'd really like how she said like yeah like we're gonna break up eventually like she doesn't foresee this relationship going anywhere and i feel like like artists oftentimes like especially you see it through the mom and uh, sammy like have this idealistic view on the world where like sammy literally told told his mom's like yeah like i thought we're gonna get married and like i thought she's well will be willing to you know move with me to hollywood etc and like that as like a sharp reminder that like the world doesn't work like that for a high schooler it was a pretty 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 good um pretty, I, pretty, pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I can't think of a different I, it's a good reference sorry i don't think that that's what the point of that scene is actually i don't think really? that i don't think that he has an idealistic view of love i don't think he is really in love with her i think it's that he feels alone he, yeah, he feels alone because of his parents' divorce and he's losing things yeah. and he wants to hold on to this. That's a good read. That's a good read. There's a genuine connection there, right? And so, like, one of the things I liked is that, like, it is kind of fucked up, like, some of the things she's saying to him. Like, about, oh, absolutely. Like, and it, but it, the way it's portrayed is, like, she's not necessarily trying to be malicious and that's the way teenagers, like, are. Like, whereas, like, she doesn't realize that you know what I mean? And like it's, it's borderline anti-Semitic, but like not in a hateful way. Right. Like and she still a, like she still clearly kind of does like him too. Like there's and I like that yeah. there was like and it, it always felt like a fleeting relationship that he Dude, yeah, it like just like started so yeah. randomly too. <laughs> it started with like a chat in the library. It's like, hey, do you want to come to my house? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that just kind of ended. Um, well, let's talk about Logan, <laughs> the bully. When, oh, my God. I have to say, Aiden can attest to this. When Logan showed up, I was just so confused as to what was going on. Because I, like, I didn't understand that we were introducing a new character or like what the character was going to be. Because the shots of him at the start, like in the volleyball scene... It felt, and I mean, it kept being this afterwards. It felt very homoerotic, and I was, I it never went away. I was like, this guy with like the, you know, the chiseled jawline and the piercing blue eyes, like he's filmed in such a way that is like very sexual. And I was like, what is this? And then they keep doing that, like when he films Ditch Day, and even Logan acknowledges, he's like, yeah, what the fuck was that? Why didn't you feel me like that? It's very, like, weird. And so I didn't understand what was going on. It took me a second to realize that he was an asshole just because it they film him like Sammy's in love with him or something. I don't know. It was really weird. Yeah. I would, okay, great. No, I, would, yeah. I would say that, like, I don't think... I get what you're saying, and I maybe thought that for a moment, but I didn't... I think the thought left my mind pretty quickly. Like yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eventually, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I did like in the end, like, um, the function he winds up playing, where it was, you know, like this idea of like, 
you're he tries to use this argument of like oh i'm just capturing what's there but that's not really true like that's somewhat true but there is also subjectivity to filming and editing something and i think that like it, like it's again like that idea of like power and control over the world and i like how he he kind of like throughout the movie he kind of loses his grasp on the control that film provides him and then he kind of brings it back a little bit and it, but but it's it's not all the way there like you can't just manufacture something and i i, I really liked i like that conversation that they had in all of yeah that yeah, that conversation was one of the best in the film i agree with you and i think I love how this movie used different avenues to explore the impact of movie can have on people. So like first it's sort of like this, it's a dream, you know, it's an experience you would never forget. you like being in the audience, watching a film as we can see by the many times that he showed his short film to people and like the awe in the audience. And then we explored from an, uh, a director's perspective, like what does it mean to like, you know, balance between art life family etc and then in this scene with logan how does art affect people that that's in the picture that's in the movie and i think the way that the 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 power of a director showcased so perfectly where you have the the control and power to select certain scenes to make things look a way that it is that um and like like logan mentioned like you're showing the potential that is that does not exist in me, you know? And I think that showcase and that conversation uh, is very revealing and uh, brings up a very interesting perspective on film. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really My good job. scene. <laughs> I really like, yeah, it was a great scene. I will say it was ruined though when Chad showed up because I think Chad is just such a shit character. Um, it's he's, very he's silly. A little, he's over the top. Uh, I don't think it was necessary for him to be that fucking over the top, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to add that in that I don't like Chad. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, I feel like like Logan is a much more interesting character. Yeah, like, like um, I thought like when he first appeared, it's like oh, just another like high school jock, right? Like, um, like not just another one of these. And the fact that his character evolved into this character with depth, and like it's like your film gave me so much power. Like the girl that I wanted, like delivery just went up and kissed me because like they, they watched this film. Um, it, and like this sense of it's like, he's sort of like satisfied by the result, but he's also fear. He, like there's a sense of fear in him. That's like, what have you done to me? You know? And I yeah. love that. Yeah. It was really nice. It was, yeah, it was an interesting scene for sure. Um, I, I think it, it's definitely important to have those characters in there. Cause that is a part of, uh, Spielberg's life and like childhood was uh, anti-Semitism and he actually like it's in his Wikipedia page actually like he, that he did get punched in the nose twice um, so like it's important to have those characters for sure um, but I think Peter was kind of touching on something that um, I think Aiden wanted to talk on uh, which is just the idea of capturing subjective reality and um, it's very it, it's, it is very interesting like what Peter was uh, noting in that what Sammy is able to capture is not just reality as it was. There's an element of like Sammy as the auteur, dare I say, as the person holding the camera sees the world in a particular way. So he sees Logan as this, you know, I, I think it's funny because they kind of like avoid using these words, but he's like a golden God. 
because that's like the it's always sunny in philadelphia reference that apparently no one understands man guys get cultured um (laughs) but uh yeah like it is it is very interesting that like yeah all the things he make kind of like affects people and is it's not just reality it's tinged with himself yeah and i think that like how like it was the conflict that logan has in that last scene is really interesting how it's like there's a certain amount of shame of like only some of him was portrayed like the version of him that was on screen is not like really who he was but it was still something he benefited from and i think like this idea that the film it was a subjective reality and it wasn't necessarily like exactly who this guy is but it wound up kind of creating a sort of reality as well. And it was like this kind of reciprocal relationship between like the real world and film, like, like the film comes out and then he gets his girlfriend back. Right. And so it's like the, the movie had like this tangible impact on real life. And you know, it's, it's like this give and take. And I thought that was, that that was really interesting. Yeah. Cool. Um, I also love how that scene ends in the hallway where Sammy just says, or, or Logan saying like, you better not tell anyone ever about this. And Sam, it made me laugh so hard, Ryan, fuck you. So I don't Logan's like, like you, better, <laughs> so you better never, you better never tell a fucking soul about what I just told you. And Sammy's like, yeah, I swear I won't. Unless I make a movie about it. And then like, clearly this is the movie about it. And I just found that so fucking funny and like I in a self-reflexive it. way. And like, I get that. And there's another joke that I'll get to later where yeah. it's doing that again, where it's breaking that barrier. And it was so tongue in cheek. And like, I liked it because of that. Like I was actually I okay like with too. the fact that the fourth wall is being kind of not broken, but tapped on perhaps. And yeah. I, I think in a movie that's literally about Spielberg's life and childhood, like, I think that's okay. I think it works in this case. Ryan, you're going to, I, no, I get it. I just did not like it, like at all. <laughs> like, uh, it just didn't sit right with me. I definitely get the appeal of it. Um, it's not for me. I don't like fourth wall type okay. of shit. So I think. Like well, I like that it wasn't. It wasn't a straight like fourth wall break because I think that would have been bad. But I think the nature yeah. of the film itself is already kind of reflexive. Like, you can't watch this movie and not think like oh yeah this is about spielberg that's the guy who's making the movie i'm watching like that's that's art that's so inherent in the film and i like that they held off on this until like the very end of it if this was a commonly occurring thing where we're constantly getting jokes like this i would not have liked that at all but i like that it's like it's this and it's the gag at the end and that's pretty much the only two times that i can really think of off the top of my head yeah uh and so it worked for me that's fair yeah Yeah. um the other best joke in the movie is with david lynch and i I, again like i can't get over how good that scene is um so david lynch as john ford is trying to school a young sammy as a filmmaker and so he he points at his paintings and he says what do you what do you see and sammy's like uh it's like a horse and it's like i don't know there's like two guys and they're like searching for something and john ford is like oh where's the horizon and he's like oh it's at the bottom and he's like good look at this okay no one's gonna be able to hear what i'm saying and he goes <laughs> okay it's so unintelligible he's like okay look at this painting over here what's in this one and sammy is so stupid like the audience has already caught on what the point is 
And Sammy's like, oh, I don't know. There's like five guys in there. He's like, no, idiot. Where's the fucking horizon? And he's like, oh, it's at the top. And then John Ford goes, okay, so like if the, if, I gotta stop doing this voice. If the horizon is at the bottom, it's interesting. If the horizon is at the top, it's interesting. If the horizon is in the middle, it's boring as shit. <laughs> that's his advice. And he's like, get the fuck out of my office. Yeah, I Perfect. love that that's the end Perfect. of the scene. Dude, yeah. that's so good. Yeah. Yeah. What does it mean, though? Like, horizon on it's top just, and bottom. It's I didn't just really compositional. Get that. Yeah. Well, because you're not a filmmaker. It's just compositional. Like, that's how you make an interesting frame. Because if okay. it's just in the middle, it's bland but if it's if you do an extreme it's on either end like it's more interesting and so it's like yeah it's specific to the horizon in this case but it can be applied to many things right like gotcha. try to go for the yeah. extremes rather than the safe middle choice um and then obviously the punchline if that wasn't enough the punchline to the joke is the final shot of the film where sammy is walking away down the studios the rows of studios and Hit, and the horizon is in the middle and the camera reframes so that the horizon is at the bottom oh yeah. nice, nice, yeah. i didn't I notice that, that. That's yeah. great. i thought that was hilarious yeah, that i, was I really yeah. appreciate that um i actually have another point really quick <laughs> that i i should have brought yeah. up earlier it was okay. an early thing but it's really quick one of the things that i liked that it showed about like that felt very true to the experience of like making your own film is that like explaining the scene to an actor and realizing what it's about in the process of it mm, like that yeah. scene the scene where he's explaining like the situation to the actor and he realizes that the film is about the divorce and it's the, about the divorce, yeah. like like his like what he the fact that he's the one that discovered it and, like the affair and stuff and like yeah i just I, that was like that rang very true to me that it's like because that's a lot of what filmmaking is that it's just like without realizing it you unconsciously make it so personal and then like as you put it out there and like it forces you to explain personal things over and over again and it gets to a point where you're like mm-hmm. oh shit like that's what this is yeah wait yeah, Aiden, which like, one are you talking about though because like the only one that he explained is the world war ii yeah yes that how's the, that abo- yes. about the divorce because he's like because he's like and and like the, and they're, they're a family they're a family and it's falling oh. apart and it's dead and there's nothing you can do about it and maybe you maybe if you didn't bring it oh in, my but, god what did you, you did <laughs> dude that's like the text of the scheme <laughs> he's crying okay. he starts crying yeah okay so i'm gonna just like breeze past that um I was just going to say that film is therapy is what people often say, but that was much funnier what Peter said. Um, <laughs> does anyone have, like, I, I have some, like, general thematic points, but does anyone have any uh, things they want to talk about, like, that were more specific to the movie? I do have another specific thing that I just didn't know where to insert. Do you guys know, like, sure. the the meme where it's, like, it'll show, like, a on Twitter, it'll be, like, a YouTube thumbnail, and it's, like, Paul Dano from the Batman, and it's, like, does he know in yellow text? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> oh, like, him freaking out? well-versed in memes. No, but it's, like, okay, for, it, for anyone, like, that does know what it is, like, there are multiple times where, in my notebook, I just wrote, does he know in all caps, when it was, like, it was, like, shots on Paul Dano's face, and it was, like, does he know about the divorce? <laughs> 
<laughs> and, uh, and, like, when I first opened my notebook today, I was like, I literally laughed because it just, in all caps, in the middle of the pages, does he know? <laughs> okay. okay. I, I've looked it up and I, I've never seen yeah, this in my entire life. I, that's funny, though. I, I get yeah. why that's funny. Um, anyways, let's just talk about, like, generally what the themes of the movie are. So, um, some stuff that I liked were uh, the idea that art will make you lonely. I think that was a really astute point by the uh, the great uncle. Um, it was kind of like sad that it they didn't really explore that because I feel like Sammy wasn't really lonely and yeah. certainly wasn't lonely because of film. So, I mean, that's just one avenue that was, you know, and so they didn't want to go down that path and that's fine. Um, and he also mentions like, this idea that like art and family can't really align. And I think that one's more explored. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the, the only other thing I want to mention is that the idea of like, if someone's doing the dishes. In the <laughs> yeah. Right now, <laughs> so he keeps um, cutting it out. Um, but uh, what, what was I going to say? Um, his parents divorce, like his dad being like the thinker and his mom being like feeling is, um, and this is well documented. So this isn't something that I was, came up with but um his 1977 yeah. movie close encounters of the third kind yeah, exactly is pretty famously like the closest he ever got to like this movie about like making a movie about his parents divorce because it's so that's a movie i love that movie so much and it's a movie about like aliens and yeah. this guy like seeing aliens and he wants to know more about them but what's interesting is that the aliens communicate through music and it's like technological music and there's like so it it's exploring that mix between technology and music like his parents and yeah so like i think it's funny because i think close encounters of the third kind is a better movie about spielberg's divorce than the movie about spielberg's divorce like i don't think this movie needed to be made like it's it's all right and there's good points but like i think Close Encounters does everything this was trying to do better. Yeah. Have you seen the interview that where that's pointed out to Spielberg and he realizes it in during the interview? Oh no. I think I, I there's think a, I there's have an interviewer actually, where the interviewer the interviewer lays it out for him and he's like, Your father was a computer scientist, your mother was a musician. How do the aliens communicate in your movie? And Spielberg's like, Oh shit. Oh really? <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's, wow that's actually something i've realized is that i think artists just kind of like have these ideas and then people overanalyze film yeah. and then come up with things that totally aren't true or like weren't in the filmmaker's mind but, but that's definitely like retroactively yeah exactly it's in his subconscious it, yeah. whether it's subconsciously there or not is another thing i think in this case sure but like i was just writing something and I'm looking back at like what I wrote and I'm and kind of like validating it and being like, oh yeah, that actually kind of like means something greater. Even though when I was writing it, it definitely didn't. And two, like probably wasn't subconscious either. Like it just happens to like fit very well. I don't know. I think that's interesting that like maybe not, but did anyone else have any general thoughts about themes? Yeah, uh, I want to add on the art versus family thing because I thought that's very, very interesting. That, um, like, I think the biggest example in this movie is the example of 
uh, Michelle Williams character, where uh, the uncle literally said that she has the talent, she has the skill to pursue um, to pursue this sort of like career as an amazing piano performer, but yet she chose family and decided not to do that while he went into the circus and everyone in the family sort of distanced themselves from him for for that, you know? And like, and the fact that Michelle Williams' character got this dream where it's like, don't let this man in, this man will, this man will ruin you. It's, it's sort of like, it's almost like hinting towards like, the uncle planting this idea in Sam's mind of uh, like this sort of like you have to choose one or the other. You have to give up family for art or you have to give up art for family. And like we know that like in this case, like Sam will give up his relationships for art because he loves movies. So I just thought like this it's well laid out and a very interesting uh, thought that you have to pick between your career in art or your family. So. Like you can't have yeah. both, which is yeah. interesting. Yeah. Anyone else? No, I think that was the Someone? Fable guys. Yeah. Cool. The Fable um, guys. Yeah. Do you I have some, some <laughs> follow up questions? Do you think we're gonna get uh, the Fablements too? Ooh. No. I think <laughs> so. Lots of. There's lots of content to mine. Well, I mean, the, just, in I did actuality, a quick look at his, I did a quick look at his <laughs> biography on Wikipedia. And I mean, he, first off, he joined, he was, sorry, he was a brother of the Theta Chi fraternity, which I think would be really interesting if we got like a college movie, but with Spielberg. (laughs) Um, Also, like him meeting George Lucas, I I, I said to to Aiden, like, I thought it was going to happen, but that was much later. Um, And I think like the making of Jaws would be really interesting because like that was like his first like big movie and like the father or mother of blockbusters and that movie like nearly killed him. So, or or, like, so I've heard. So I actually, as much of a joke as it is, like the Fableman 2 isn't like completely out of the question. I mean, the offer, um, which was about the making of the Godfather, that worked really well, surprisingly. So I, I would love to see some of that. Actually, really? Funny it it was that. good. Yeah. It was really good for what it was. Um, and in actuality, the parents did get back together um, way later on in their life, which is a cool, interesting fact. Spielberg's parents? Yeah. Oh, they got back together. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Permanently? I don't know. They're like eighty or ninety. Um, this was in the documentary. Yeah. It was only. It was super brief. Okay. So. Interesting. Yeah. That no, is I, I, I do wonder, like, we have a lot of m- movies about, like, how, like, a musician, an artist's career progression. I don't think we have one where, like, a director, you know, starting from the bottom, working his way up. Have we? Do we have a movie like that? Like, Whiplash is about a drummer, sure you know. sure there is. Lala about sure actors. There is. is there one for director? Or, like, is about a porn star. <laughs> what? <laughs> What? What? Oh, Boogie what? Nights. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes, sorry. I missed oh. I miss what you said, so I was like, what? I just said porn star. I was like, what? <laughs> I'm trying to see. Oh, wasn't Eight and a Half by a, about a director? It was about a director. I, I thought it's of that. It's about a director, but not It's not about his rise. It's he was already successful, like, yeah. Yeah, it's about oh, him, well. like, yeah, kind of the dissolution of yeah. him more so. It's a great movie, by the way. Highly recommend it. There's, like, 
There's like a whole list. But I, I, you know, I don't know most of them. So I'm sure there is. I'm sure this wasn't the originator of the film about directors. Anyways, I was going to ask one more question and I just closed the tab. Um, I'm going to talk about just like generally, like what do you guys think are your favorite Spielberg films? Ooh, I have a Which list. Easy question. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and I won't pull it up. Ryan can, go, Ryan can go last. So, um, <laughs> Peter, let's hear from you. I don't think I've seen that many Spielberg films, actually. Like, I, I've not seen some of the classics, um, for example. Um, okay. So, I have actually, shockingly, I have not watched Jaws in, like, in, in its, its entirety. So wow. um, I have it's not so seen Jurassic Park in its entirety. Really? What? The ones that, yeah, I have not. Yeah. Um, the Jurassic ones Park I have seen. The ones I have seen. Catch Me If You Can. Indiana Jones, Ready Player One, uh, E.T., th- Close Encounter with a Third Kind, Tinting, right. and uh, let's see. I forgot you did Tintin. I think that's it. Tintin was good. Yeah, I really like Tintin. Yeah, um, now, like, Close Encounter, I think, like, it's just the technological aspect that, like, took me out of it. Like, some of the shots were, like, seem a little silly by today's standards. Uh, but like it's a it's a still a great movie. Yeah, I mean, I'll say top three for me probably. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, stop. Oh shit! I forgot <laughs> West Side Story. I I forgot West Side Story. Uh, top three for me probably. Right. Close Encounter, Catch Me If You Can, Indiana Jones. Which okay. West Side Story movie? is very is also very good. But if you cry, Peter will make fun of you. Apparently. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, okay, I really okay. Like, okay. I, really okay. I have to clear this up about West Side Story though. Like. I like I did not dig West Side Story at all, and I like I Alex made fun of me because I thought it was like I was like oh shit they better not make this a Romeo and Juliet where the girl kills herself too, and I was very happy that she didn't. And then Alex was like, "This is literally the modern Romeo and Juliet." I was like, "What?" Okay. Uh, other than that beat, like yeah, that's just what the source material is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, Anyways. I guess if. If it's I'm Aiden, going Aiden, next, from you. yeah, uh, I love all of the Indiana Jones movies. Uh, I mean, the fourth one, not as much, but, uh, uh you know, I was going to say all of them. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the fourth one though. People, when the fourth one came out, I know it got yeah. hated on a lot. I rewatched it in ten, like with all the other ones. It's not as good, very obviously, but it, it's a, still a very fun action adventure movie that I think works. Um, I I love Last Crusade. I mean, like that's that's like the common take, but I think that movie's great. Um, Sean Connery is just I I love him. Sean yeah. Connery. Yeah. I I also I recently rewatched yeah. I watched Jaws in theaters when it was in theaters a couple Ooh, months ago. That's cool. Uh, it was brought to the in like that was great. I mean that's that's a fantastic movie. Like it, it's just incredible. Um, I like Catch Me If You Can a lot. Um, yeah, and I, I like West Side Story. There are a lot of them that I actually haven't seen as well. Now that I'm, there's so many. I've yeah. never seen Schindler's I, like, List. I've never, never seen Schindler's wow. List. Wow. I've never seen Color Purple, Schindler's but I don't list want is to. Schindler's List is 195 minutes long. What? That's three hours. Is it? That's crazy. Doesn't feel like it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I don't want to see. Like, I don't want to see Ready Player One. That, yeah. Ready Player One is just like a blockbuster. Films. It doesn't like it. It's not really like a Spielberg film. I feel like it stinks. But yeah, uh, I mean, I've also seen uh, Saving Private Ryan, but I don't like that one that much. So, yeah, it's good, but like I don't remember it very much. Yeah, it's uh, pretty aggressive Ryan, what's your... propaganda too. But yeah, yeah. As is oh, ooh, ooh, I take, 
Uh, Ryan, what do you think? What's your list? Okay, well, I've only seen um, one, two, three, four, five, six. There's six I haven't seen out of his whole filmography. The Post, War of Worlds, Munich, Empire of the Sun, and Amistad, and Always. Um, My favorite is definitely Schindler's List. Um, I think it's his opus. Um, I do love Jaws, though. Um, They're very close to each other. Um, I think that's, like, the best performances by far. Like, the main three cast is so great. So fucking good. Dreyfus. They're so underrated, man. Like, so fucking good. Um, Raiders of Lost Ark is up there, too. Close Encounters. Um, Number five for me is the Sugarland Express, which is very underrated. Definitely his most underrated film. Uh, It's his second. That's his official feature film debut. Not counting Duel. Um, It was really great. Um, But Ready Player One is definitely his fucking worst. That movie sucks. Um... (laughs) It's well, fucking I think, awful. I, I think Ready Player One is more about the visual spectacle instead of like the actual plot. Because you know, there's like no the, fucking plot. The problem of adapting Ready Player One is really just like how do we create this expensive visual world? You know, is is that movie not just nostalgia machine? Well, it's it's like it's like metaverse, like but it. like it, it's like real now, sort of. You know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, and a lot of cameos, Aiden, if you were talking about that, yeah. So, any other favorites for you, Ryan? Uh, I mean, all the Indiana Jones movies are pretty good, other than... Well, I don't love Temple of Doom. I don't Temple of Doom is fire. That's it's my it's okay. That movie is hard. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, Jurassic Park's great. Uh, Minority Report's pretty good. Uh, I don't know. He doesn't make any really like really offensively bad films. Like I would only say maybe like nineteen forty one's pretty bad. Uh, BFG is pretty bad, and Ready Player One just fucking sucks. Um, other than that, they're just pretty mediocre. Um, I could go on and on, but uh, we don't yeah. need to. Yeah, no. so I'll I'll just throw my hat in the ring. I haven't seen very many either. I mean, uh, he's got thirty six. I think I counted direct directed movies. So. It's there's a lot, but yeah, Jaws and Close Encounters, those two back to back are just fantastic. Uh, Raiders, I love. ET honestly was okay at best. I thank really you. Did not overrated take to it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah it's overrated. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I didn't love Temple of Doom, uh, but I I think I need to watch uh, Last Crusade again. I think I did enjoy that one. Um, I think I've seen Hook, and I I was shocked to re- to find out that that was directed by him because I don't remember that like at all. But uh, Jurassic Park is great. Uh, Jurassic Park or the Lost World Jurassic Park is not great. <laughs> Saving Private Ryan is pretty good. Um, Catch Me If You Can is good. Um, and then yeah, most of his more recent stuff. Crystal Skull sucks. Um, and. I like the West Side Story, and I did cry and fuck you, Peter. Yeah. Um, so that's it for the movie. Um, Aiden, I think we have a segment. Yeah, we sure do have a segment. So if you haven't noticed by now, the movie, the the podcast is called Predator versus Movies, and we've done the movie part of the podcast. So now it's time to get into the Predator part. We ask the question: Would the movie be better? If the Predator from the movie Predator was in the movie The Fablements. Very cool, Kanye. 
Um, sorry, that was. Just, I don't know. A I, movie. Uh, I don't know if you should say Kanye <laughs> since this movie is. No, sorry, no. Well, it's also a, it's also a um, it's a Trump quote. I just it is just, a Trump. Quote. Yeah. What did he do? Trump tweet. Yeah. Thank you, Kanye. Very cool. Yeah. 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 I just think that's funny. I don't support either of those people. I hate both of them. They suck. Anyways, um, True. Predator. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm with you there. It would be funny if there's a scene where he made Predator. Like he was like, I came up with the idea. No, but he's lying. And he's like, I was the one that okay. came up for the idea for Predator. And you like see him make the beginnings of it. That would be funny. Low budget Predator? Yeah. And then the idea got stolen from him by big yeah. Hollywood. Or what if what if he watched Predator and that was the film that made him want to be a filmmaker? Ooh, like yeah. instead of a great movie, <laughs> yeah. he's holding Predator in his hands or something. Yeah. Oh, that's another thing I want to add. Sorry, uh, the greatest sure. show on earth, the movie that made Spielberg love films, is not a good movie. Mm-hmm. It's pretty bad. It's mm, he was a child, so I'm sure he yeah, didn't a dumb time. child. <laughs> a dumb child. Dude, he had like no he had terrible fucking taste, taste as a child. He's an yeah. idiot. Imagine not liking Midsummer as a child instead. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> Anyways, um, I I am assuming we have no other ideas on that. So uh, no. we're going into our next segment, Peter. What it is? What is the next segment? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Shit, I was gonna, I was gonna do like an Aiden like intro. I'll just do it normally. Um, so we, 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 we're gonna talk about some of our recommendations. So we'll go into Predators picks. What have y'all seen for the or listened to for the last week? Cool. We'll start off with Ryan as our guest, oh, but fuck. he's going to keep it brief. And okay. a limit of three. A maximum of three. And if you're going to cry about it, I'll give you four, but it better be no. short and okay. sweet. My phone just died too, so I can't even remember exactly. Um, so yesterday I saw... Great, so we're getting improv. <laughs> yeah. Yesterday we, I saw Beau Trefon, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, Claire Denis. I don't know what you just said. Uh, Beau, Say it again. Uh, Beau Trefon or something like that. Treval. I don't know. It's, it's, it's Claire Treval. It's, it's, it's oh, Beau Trevai. Travai, oh, oh Travai. Okay. Yeah, like, that what movie. are you saying? Yeah, I don't fucking <laughs> yeah. know. Um, it was okay. That movie looks good. Yeah, it was okay. good. It looked beautiful. Um, I just didn't really connect like, to it as much work. as it. What? Yeah, for like Travai, good work. Yeah, good work. Yeah, uh, we did say that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Continue, Ryan. It was good work. Um, by Claire Denis. It was very beautiful. Okay. Um, one of the more beautiful what films I've seen, watch? but I didn't really like that much. Um, I started reading War and Peace. Uh, that's pretty cool. Um, I saw, uh, yeah, I started to get back into Why literature. Well, do I don't know. I started getting back into literature, and I thought, yeah, that would be pretty cool to get into War and Peace. So I got a Isn't War and Peace. So fucking long? Yeah, it's like it's like a thousand three hundred pages, and they're really like small, but yeah, it's cool. Um, so yeah, there's Never. that, and then there's um across Tenth Street. I think that's what it was. Uh, it has uh Yabit Koto in it who's fucking awesome and i love him uh it was okay i didn't love it that much um it's kind of black exploitation in a way but not really uh great theme song uh what else did i see and then i saw three movies in a row i saw tales from the gimli hospital that was really good 
I saw this is like uh, more than three. I'm sorry, well, I'm going really quick. Uh, Holy Spider, which was pretty good. Uh, very. I didn't like I the ending Holy at all. Spider. It was cool. The ending was very fucking pandering though, and I don't really like that that much. Pandering is not the right word. And uh, and uh, Pinocchio, which was really cool and a lot of fun and a good palate cleanser. And thank you. Okay. Thank you. Good night, New York. Okay. Um, Elvis is love. can go next. Yeah, uh, I saw The Glass Onion, uh, which I thought, we and saw I saw the it in Glass theaters, Onion. and I saw it with Alex, uh, and I liked it. I thought it was good. Hey, oh, um, yeah, Sorry. <laughs> yeah uh, I thought it was good. I thought it wasn't as good as the first one, but uh, I thought it was really fun. I had some problems with it. We'll probably do it on the pod later we at some point. Will. I think we will do that. It's not out until um, the 23rd on Netflix, and so we are so going to try we'll and coincide, coincide with the release on Netflix. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like that. Uh, other than that, I don't know. I feel like I had an anti-rec, but I don't remember what it was. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll remember if you if I come okay. if I, by the end of the segment. I think didn't Peter also watch Glass Onion and Ryan also watch Glass Onion? Hasn't everyone yeah. seen? Glass I said Onion it in the here? last uh, oh, podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool I, reference. I, yeah, that was I, awesome. Yeah. Spoilers. Um, oh, whoopsie. <laughs> Dude, it was literally the best um, part of the movie, man. You ruined it. No, I'm I'm 100% on Aiden's side. I mean, I don't want to get too much into it because we are definitely going to do a pod on it, but it's not better. It, uh, the, the original is better yep. um, by uh, quite a bit. It's The mm-hmm. original is smarter. It's, I just find like the humor, well, it's maybe funnier, this one. It's because it goes for like cheaper, lower bar humor. Whereas the other one is kind of smarter and wittier. Um, and yeah, like, I don't know. I, I had a good time. That, I think that's what's most important. So like, it's a good time, but it's, it's not what I was hoping for. I left a, one of my better reviews, if I do say so myself, on Letterboxd. I think I, I, think I was pretty eloquent. Whereas sometimes my reviews are me- uh, meandering and long. So I think this was a, a good one. Uh, so go check that out on Letterboxd. Um, uh, Peter, what did you watch? Uh, I've not watched much. Uh, You've been watching uh, a show. Well, okay, I've been catching up. Uh, I missed the the last two episodes of Endor, so I watched the second last one today, and I'll probably watch the last one after this pod. And excellent, as always, nothing to complain about. It's Endor, you love it. Um so and also, Endor, I thought not to be confused with the prequel series Endor uh, <laughs> about the Ewok planet. Wait, there's a... be something. <laughs> okay, no. okay, okay. I thought I you got They're me just there. I, I thought very it's... similar. Uh, good job, dude. I, I thought it was an actual show. Um, I would disagree with the glass onion point. I think it's at least the same level as the original. But as you said, we'll do a pod on no. it, so we'll talk about it more. Uh, lastly. <laughs> I guess I can recommend new music. Uh, Metro Boomin released a new album. Uh, and uh, there's a song with The Weekend and 21 Savage. That was Is that the only one called, you listened to? Called Creepin'. No, I listened to the whole thing. Actually. Is the whole thing good? Like, I'm surprised, like, how... Like, I did... Metro Boomin was not on my radar at all. Oh, yeah. But then after listening to the album oh, and then years. checking out some of the songs he has, he's a very, very good, like, producer slash artist. Producer, yeah. yeah. I haven't so, listened to the album yet, but I probably will. Yeah. Cool. I'll um, pass it to Alex. Yeah. 
for my Predators picks, yeah, I saw Glass Onion. I already said that. Um, I also watched the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Oh, I saw um, it too, I actually. Think, yeah. Uh, I did see that. Yeah, okay. I, I, I thought that maybe that's what it was. Um, I think I think Ryan had the same point, but like I really didn't care for it. It's no. I think someone pointed out that maybe it's like purposefully like a parody of Hallmark movies in its film style and writing style. And to that, I say, okay. And I hated it nonetheless. <laughs> like, it just feels so weird and empty. Like, and the dialogue is 90% exposition. Like, I love, and I, I heard that <laughs> apparently James Gunn wanted to, like, make this partially because then it gets out some of the exposition, like, that he'd have to do in yeah. Guardians 3 it that he didn't much want to like have to do. To yeah. Because, like, like, literally some of the lines are like, yeah, so we just bought the collector or <laughs> nowhere from the collector, and now yeah. we have to run the place. Or, yeah. yeah, Groot is buff now. I don't, they didn't say that. There was one other thing that I forget what it was. There's one oh, this is our new like, ship, the Bowie, you know? Or, like, like because, and Mantis is like, yeah, but due to the fact that Peter is my brother, I am having internal turmoil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And James Gunn literally said in an interview somewhere that he wrote this in three days and boy does it yeah. show wow. like oh, yeah. it's not good not enough attention was put into it and it fe- like in my review i said like it feels like an afterthought whereas yeah. at least at least werewolf by night felt like a passion project even if i didn't like it very much or as mm-hmm. much as i had hoped right this felt pretty lazy and i think i la- like there were two there were two admittedly very good jokes and so spoilers peak review but like <laughs> when when Rocket gets Bucky's arm, like I think that yeah. was a great payoff. That's a good or something that's been set up before, and I don't remember what the other one was, but like there were some good jokes, but a lot of it was like a big stretch for me, comedy wise. And I was like, sure, but um, oh, Peter hasn't seen it, yeah. so he took out his headphones. <laughs> Sorry, um, you're good, Peter. I, uh, Aiden, did you have any? Yeah, um, I saw it and I was like. I didn't expect it to be good. Um, I think because both Ron, I think both Alex and Ryan, had, you guys had seen it before I did, and I think I'd heard your takes on it beforehand. Yeah. Um, so I went into it like, yeah, this isn't going to be good. And I watched it, and I was like, yeah, sure. Like, that was bad. <laughs> but I was like, I was like, okay, whatever. Like, they, they made that, definitely. Yeah, it wasn't, like, outright sure. bad. It was just yeah. totally mediocre. Yeah. Yeah. I like yeah. how people keep saying on Twitter that special presentations are the future of Marvel. And from what I've seen so far, <laughs> I keep thinking, like, I hope to God they aren't. <laughs> like, they had better be, they had better, like, improve the quality of these and the attention. Because, like, yeah. you know, you hear about, like, Namor and uh, Silver Surfer getting these things. And I'm like, like, if they're going to be like this shit, like, I, can we not? Can we get yeah. them something better? Because, like, those are really cool characters. Whereas these are just, like, silly holiday specials. And, like, it's fun, sure, but... Um, anyways, uh, I also finished, uh, or caught up. It's not done yet, uh, with Barry. So I, I finished season three and that show is, oh my God, it's fantastic. And I just, something I love about Barry is that it doesn't stretch its idea too thin. Like we're at season three and like some pretty monumental things change between every season. And I think season four is its last. And so I just love really contained stories. Um, yeah, so I gotta find a new show. Um, next week, we wanted to do the whale. There's no way it's here. No, I looked God, it up on no. Cineplex. 
It's not going to be here for two weeks, yeah. which oh, I mean, okay. we should have expected that. Yeah. So I think what we do is we do Pinocchio because it releases sure. on Netflix next week. I think that's the smart move. It's good. Um, the other option is Empire of Light, but I don't want to do that. another movie. I movie. I also don't know if it's. I also don't know if it's here, and I don't really care. I don't think it looks good. So far, but I don't it'll probably be here, but it's got mediocre reviews. Yeah. That's yeah. another movie. So it movie. looks like Pinocchio, probably, which is maybe the first time we've done. Oh no, Werewolf by Night and She Hulk were the first streaming ones we did, but we haven't done like a yeah. proper like streaming movie before. Right. We don't have to spend money. Yay! Yeah. Um, so uh, go follow us on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Predator V Movies. Remember. We're going to have a poll for um, what we should call that segment, the Metacritic game. Also, why don't you tell us what you thought about this movie? Did you disagree with our takes? Uh, sometimes people really do disagree with our takes. <laughs> like very emphatically disagree with our takes. So why don't you do that? And we they can agree have with a, me, though. a healthy, kind yeah, like conversation. Maybe don't call people names. <laughs> um, won't get more specific than that. Um, go check out my letterbox at underscore Alex Gordon underscore. Uh, I'll pass the mic to Aiden. Yeah, you can check out my letterbox too. That's eight ten sunny. That's eight one zero S O N N Y. Wombo. Yep. Also, his uh, name is Wombo. Yep. My name is Wombo. Yeah, I just said yeah. that. Wombo uh, we'll pass the mic to uh, Ryan. Hi, um, my letterbox. You look like a stand-up comedian. Yeah. What's the deal with Letterbox? What's the deal with Spielberg? Um, yeah, what a, what a guy. What a fable guy. Spills. Um, no, but you can check out my letterbox at R-Y-O-U. That's R-U. Uh, and I'll pass the Rail. mic over to... Uh, Rail! I'll pass the mic over to uh, good old Peter. I don't have anything Peter to plug. plug anything? No, I don't, I don't plug. <laughs> plug your letterbox. So, uh... So yeah, if you like this show, leave a review. Uh, you can do that on your platform of choice. Uh, we're hoping to get enough l- reviews on Spotify so that we can start seeing the number. I think it has <laughs> to get like 10. Like if it hits the threshold of 10, then it starts showing people like, oh, this is a five-star show or whatever. So yeah. leave those five-star reviews, get us past the threshold so it shows on Spotify. Um, you can also do that on Apple Podcasts or wherever. You can give it a like on YouTube. Uh, and also tell your friends. If you like this show, tell your friends um, because that's how we get more listeners and grow our base. Uh, so until next time, I'm Alex. I'm Peter. I'm Ed. I'm Ryan. And this was Predator V Movies. Uh, see you next week. Woo! Beep, 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 beep. Woo! Woo! Woo!